0: Hey, this is Shane Hallahan, and this is the BMX in our blood.
1: Hey everyone, thanks for downloading another episode. This will be episode 76, and this one is with Brian Close, who is a BMXer and a street vendor in Brooklyn, New York. He uh, has a great story to tell, it's a story of travel, and... Basically shaping his life into something that he is content with, which is pretty awesome. Also wanted to thank Power Spike Shop. Thank you, Chad, firm supporter of the podcast, and I appreciate that. Just a good guy, and I'm fortunate that he has found value in this and and uh, believes in it and supports it. I also wanted to mention a. Listener Kyle McDonald Reynolds from Dublin, Ireland. He is just a very nice guy that has made a couple generous donations, and he didn't ask for this, but I, I asked him if he would mind if I shouted him out on here. You know, recognize him as someone that supports the show, but more importantly, I recognize someone that uh, that is trying to ride in a skate scene. I, from what I understand there aren't any other bikes riding the park that he rides which is Ballyogan, i believe is how you pronounce it but uh thank you so much Kyle it was a it was a nice donation and it will go straight to The Jam, the Road to Recovery Jam at Powder Ridge in just a month. It's coming up fast. So uh, I'm going to bypass using that money for the podcast and put it into the event because uh, it takes money to to raise money. So, yeah, we will be doing a kind of a reminiscing and uh, just talk about what's going on this year at the uh the jam. I'll be doing that with Nick Capricio, who who a lot of people around here know who he is. He's a, he's a big time shredder and someone that's been a friend of mine for a while. And uh he and I are just going to talk about the upcoming jam and talk about the previous four. So um he was at all of them so it's it's pretty pretty cool good combination and he's a really good guy that always helps me before the jam get everything ready for uh raffle bags and um auction items and all that stuff it's kind of a a annual thing for us so uh so yeah listen for that coming up because that's coming up really really fast don't forget that there's camping available but you must pre-register so go to the Powder Ridge website and there's a spot on there to buy tickets so there's a link for tickets on there uh, you do have to pre-register to camp so uh, to get that part done ahead of time and uh, and get ready for the campsite contest which is going to be awesome, I'm really looking forward to that if all goes well we're working out a showing of two movies so I'm you know, do some outdoor movie movie viewing and they will be T1's uh, You Get What You Get and Anthem 2. So uh, those are going to be great movies to see so hopefully all that works out just lining up. If you have any, if you're going to be at the jam and you have any, any uh, kind of familiarity with that equipment please message me on Instagram through Gromdad2000. But without further ado, here is Brian Close. All right, welcome back to the BMX in Your Blood, our blood. It's my own. It's my own tag, and I I, I messed it up. It's getting bad. Uh, so anyway, I am here because I'm interviewing Brian Close tonight, right here in, I guess we'll say there's really no downtown, but downtown Brooklyn, one of the downtowns. Williamsburg. Williamsburg, there you go. Yeah.
2: I love, love uh, this neighborhood.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you want to introduce me to some of the other vendors? Yeah, before right. we get started, I wanted to, to show you a part
2: of the community. Um, we come out here every day, pretty much, and uh, it's a tight knit family. Uh, the first person is my friend Brett. Uh, Brett, say what's up.
3: Hey there. My name is Brett. I'm the owner of NY State of Mind, and yeah. I'm blessed to be out here in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, good people, made a little money today, doing what I love, so...
0: That's
1: so what it's about, you do have to make a little money, but if it's fun too, then... Uh, is, uh, is your deal a little bit different than Brian's, where,
3: we'll get into his after, but part of the week is production, Yeah. and yeah. then
1: the weekend is... So like,
3: yesterday it was raining, mm-hmm. and... You know, that's the perfect day to, to just print more shirts and right. stock up and be ready for hopefully a good, strong, sunny weekend. I think it's going to rain again Sunday, so yeah.
0: How long have you been, yeah. been here for?
3: Oh man, it's been like 10 years. 10 years? Maybe 11. Nice. Yeah. Brian and wow. I actually met in Union Square as street vendors. And that's Manhattan, right? Union Square? Union Square, yeah, in Manhattan, yeah. 13th Street, and uh, That was kind of like uh, the mecca of street vending in New York until the NYPD put a stop to that. So we all kind of dispersed in different directions, and Brian and I ended up out here in Williamsburg.
2: Yeah. My friend Shaba's packing up. I wanted to to say what's up to my friend Shaba. Totally. Thank
1: you. Uh, Appreciate it. Moving on to the next one. Yes, sir. Thank you, Brett. This is my friend Shaba. She's a jewelry Are vendor. We've here. Oh, we, yeah, I'm gonna shake your hand first before we make you talk into this. Okay. Just a quick hello.
2: Yeah. Um Shaba and I have been street vending next to each other for eight years now or seven yeah. years, something like that, Almost in and out of Williamsburg. Years. Yeah. Uh, I just wanna yeah. get yeah, totally. Time she she flash. makes banging jewelry. Um again, part of the community. Just wanna say yeah. a quick hello. Thank you, hi. Shaba. <laughs> All right. Have hi, cool. a good night. Hi,
1: hi and bye. Have a good night. Be right. safe. Right. And if anyone wants to find you, they can find you. Same place, right?
0: Bedford, between North Six and North Seven. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Got it. So it's kind of like wherever you can fit at that time.
0: At that time, usually Thursday through Sunday, as long
1: as it's okay. Thursday. Okay. I'm gonna talk to him and I'm a not lot. am
2: traveling anywhere else. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's right Yeah, because I work
0: to travel.
1: Oh. Uh, okay. Yeah. You guys sound like we all we do twins. is just, we sit out here and we just
2: talk about talk about world travels and politics yeah, and like know, crazy stuff. Yeah, 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 totally. Right. It's, it's right. awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. a good
1: way to live.
0: Totally. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's cool. That's why
1: I'm rolled out of the country in Connecticut and down the hill nice to to Brooklyn nice to meet you nice to meet you too alright take care um
2: one more person that I wanted to introduce you to is my friend Christine she's across the street everyone it's like what time is it right now like 7 o'clock 7.30 everyone everyone, I think today was kind of slow for people I did did alright but everyone's rolling out so let's go catch Christine before
1: um, alright I'm gonna try to let this whole thing roll so uh if I get hit, just take the microphone from me, finish it, <laughs> will do. All
2: right. I have two seconds of your time for a quick hello.
0: Uh,
2: yeah. This is my friend, Christine. We've been vending next to each other for like three or four years now. Christine, I just wanted to say hello to you. This is my friend, Joe. Hi, Hi there. He's doing, he's doing a podcast. How are you? He does a podcast about BMX, and he's
1: interviewing... have you hold that. Yeah, so basically... Yeah, just just who you are, what you do here, and it seems Um, like there's a bit of a community going on here that I didn't know about.
0: Yeah, we, you know, oh, I'm just okay. That's okay. We support each other. I I sell leather bracelets.
1: I've been in business now nineteen years. Mm -hmm.
3: Um, Moved from Soho to Williamsburg, and I've been here now about four years, four
0: and a half, going on five. We met Brian, like I said, two to three years ago. Uh huh. Isn't
1: he the nicest guy? Christine's yeah. my favorite. Thank you, Christine.
3: <laughs>
1: well, thank you. I appreciate it. It was nice to meet you. And hello. I'm Joe, by the way. That's Ray. Ray, nice, nice to meet you too. So cool. We're going to make gonna some more rounds. across the street. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's great. I'm going to know everyone by the time, time it's done.
2: Shop and say what's up. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All
0: right. Cool. My, my family. Okay. Cool. It's true. Sweet. Have a thank good night. you. Too. I'll follow.
1: Alright, what are we doing? Cut in the
2: corner or is yeah, there more down corners. there? Uh,
0: there's a
2: couple there's a, there's a couple more people out, but we'll just leave it at that. Those are those are my, my core friends out here on yeah. the streets. And I just wanted to say what's up again for the family
1: love type of thing. Yeah. Um, can I grab you a chair real quick, Joe? Yeah, if you can do you have one? That'd be awesome. I have a bin. Bin's good enough for me. I know I'm old, but I'll I'll be all right. It's pretty. It's a pretty cool deal here. I will take as many pictures as I can and post them because this is not what a uh, you know a guy from Northwestern Connecticut normally sees. So this is pretty pretty cool. Surprise! Just finding someone to take a
3: picture.
0: So a lot of these people
1: seem to uh, to really get how important it is to have a relationship and lean on each other. So this is this is pretty cool. I'm loving this smoke and mirror part of the podcast. So uh, <laughs> so anyway, Brian, Joe, I think like we're talking. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? And not that we're talking, we're talking Trey. Yeah, Trey, you got to switch that phrase up. <laughs> I love it, but we're talking <laughs> good
3: I got it sweet I, dude I must have got a good one
1: <laughs> yeah awesome perfect cool awesome. it actually yeah.
3: looked like you were saying something really interesting <laughs> to <each other>. yeah <laughs> right right right.
1: It, right well it was so we I'll just completely you, uh, possibly alienated Trey Jones <laughs> <laughs> sorry Trey I know you're listening while you're fixing your the ramp up in the backyard alright y'all good check Joe, it off sorry. yes
3: yep you got nice it nice to meet
1: you Jim. yeah nice to meet you too are you heading out anyway? Because you're not am. my way. No,
3: no, I gotta get going.
1: Okay, alright. Thanks, cool. Brad. Yeah, yeah definitely see you do. Tomorrow. See you tomorrow, for sure. All right. Nice to meet you. Right.
3: Say hi to Dare and Jenny.
1: I will, for sure. Alright, so uh, I brought no agenda because when you interview a friend like yourself, you don't really need an agenda. Yeah, I like definitely. Like, you know, questions. You know, it, it definitely helps with people I, I don't know. Yeah. Like pros, huh. like BMX pros. We, um, we can talk for days,
2: Joe.
3: Oh yeah,
1: no, no totally. So, so the, the BMX listening audience know will know. Uh, I just want to do a um, a little bit on your on your BMX yeah of kind of career hobby, whatever you want to call it. Definitely. Uh, and of course, definitely, I'd like to hear a bit about California as part of that. Yeah. Well,
2: I grew up in Big Bear, California, San Bernardino County. Um, well-known for mountain bike scene. Um, in the summertime, we would ride mountain bikes. Wintertime, we'd ski, and um, they opened up a BMX track. That's what got me into BMX. And um, from there, we just branched out, started hitting up, uh, going down to Riverside and Orange County, then LA. Um, whenever there was contest, we'd kind of jump on and, and um, you know try to hang out with, with, with the scene, become a part of the scene. And while you
1: were racing also
2: yeah while i was racing also okay. i raced really really uh intense full-on from 13 to 18 years old i guess or maybe 19 yeah and then um and then that faded off into into freestyle stuff mostly park mm-hmm. and and I, I rode a lot of dirt contests. that was like the, the the late 90s sure um was like the the end all be all for for the, the dirt contest where were popping off they were great yeah um
1: and then, even right I, here near, well, on uh, the Manhattan side, right? Or where did they do? Yeah, they did it at the Seaport, right?
2: Yeah, and they had the event
1: here. Yeah, that that was before
2: I arrived here. I didn't come here until two thousand seven, I guess, whatever. Okay, there wasn't very many. That was after the once the contest stuff started fading off, and it all went to you know mm-hmm. more web videos and things like that.
1: Yeah. Um, but uh, what is it? What was I going to say? And you never so, have opinions, so I can't. Like, there's no sense in me asking what you think about. Clips I'm just kidding. (laughs) Brian knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, Brian's got some opinions I'm 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 a lover. I'm a
2: lover not a fighter, you know, whatever But so anyway actually to start off I could kind of mix in with the vending origins um, Early on where I just worked retail jobs my entire life actually my first my my first couple jobs were shoveling snow and then and then uh, ski rental shop and and um, what is it the uh, the it just got me grinding from an early age mm-hmm. uh, never have weekends off ever always working weekends mm-hmm. and because of that I've been in this work for so long and I know so many people but I'm never the go-to guy, which I'm really content with. I'm not the guy people call up when they have a weekend session because they know that I'm not around. It's uh, true. That yeah. is true. Totally. I'd love to call you to ride,
1: but I know it's not going to. Totally. least we go in the morning. Totally,
2: not going to happen for sure. Every right. once in a while, I'll sacrifice a weekend. Um, and I've always, I've just always been that way. I'm always been a self-starter. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Everyone has their their mental blocks or their you know their their re- things that make them resist uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to when it comes to work and business and things
1: like that. But. Um, you know what I really want to hear though? Yeah, what's that? Uh, because we'll definitely go back to that for sure. Yeah, of absolutely. Your California story is pretty cool because I kind of want to. If you're comfortable talking about uh, the whole family part of it, family dynamic part of it, and you know, like a lot of us have a father that wants you to work and you know, just the whole deal. Yet you were kind of, if I remember this correctly, a little bit torn because you also wanted to ride. Oh, I, so, think, I think I know the story you are leading to. Yeah, I think I told you this story. But, but generally speaking, before you tell that story, if yeah. you're okay telling the story. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, ha, like, like, what did your parents think of riding once you started to get kind of hot on it? Well, I, I, I used to play soccer. I played soccer for six years, and there was
2: one point where... Um, when they started up the BMX track, soccer games were on Saturday and BMX races were on Saturday. I went to my mom one day and I was like, I want to do a BMX race. That would be amazing. Mm -hmm. And my mom basically put it out there. I didn't think this was going to be a response at all. She was like, you could choose one. And I was like, really? I'm going to choose bikes if that's okay. And she's like, yeah, whatever you want to do. And that was a turning point in my life. I don't know where I'd be if she hadn't yeah. propose that question to me we, but, we wouldn't but, be here yeah I, I would not i would not be here i would i don't even know where i'd be but yeah um my parents they they weren't they weren't uh they weren't really strict they weren't really crazy when, uh-huh. it, when it came to that stuff um but uh later on in life when when it came to work like work had to be done and there was no questions asked but, high school years too yeah starting yeah. in the high school years, I should say, yeah definitely um and i i had i didn't know it, but at the time I had wicked anxiety i had i was uh, i didn't i went to a, a therapist or psychologist many years later, and she was like. Mild OCD and and perfectionism and all these different things that like really kept me at you know a D level in school you know Ds and Fs just barely passing taking summer school or whatever I was I was a bright kid but um, it was a struggle for sure and my parents were always hard on me to to follow through with everything that I did uh, I got a job at a ski at the ski rental shop that, that I mentioned earlier yeah and my, my dad's my my dad co-owned a company a construction company with a guy named Jack. And Jack also owned the ski rental shop. I got the I got the ins on the, on the uh, ski okay. rental shop yeah. job, and and he was he was a he was a slave driver. He was a he was a tough boss, and and there Jack was, was Jack was yeah definitely. Okay. And and I couldn't I had to I had to follow follow through. I couldn't I couldn't ditch yeah. out on a day of work because I had my dad to answer to too. Oh, we went down uh, me and me and a friend of mine. We went down to I think it was a King of Dirt contest. Mm-hmm. um chris duncan was theirs pro from the 90s wicked pro yeah and after the contest was done um we had we had kind of all been hanging out we were like the groms that were they were like you know attaching on to the big pros or whatever and he's like yeah we're partying at my place we want to roll through and i was like shit I, I i can't like i gotta i gotta be to work at like 7 a.m tomorrow and i told my friend i was like dude i don't think i could do it he was like well let's do this let's um Let's uh let's stay up all night and let's try to to we'll roll out of the house at like three or four in the morning and we'll get we'll get to work on time. I actually called up my dad and I was like, can is there any way that I could ditch out on work? And he was like, call Jack, called up Jack, Jack's like, absolutely not, no way. So we did the three in the morning thing, called our ass, partied all night, called our ass home, and
1: uh, You went to sh- the King of Dirt, came back.
2: Yeah, King of Dirt, then then the party, then all, then all ca- in one night, then, then came back, and and I showed up to work. office and he's like Brian your time card is punched one two three minutes late every day and this is now you're 15 minutes late today and I just told him I was like if you only knew what I did to get here this morning yes I'm 15 minutes late he goes you you act like you don't really want this job and I was like (laughs) I I act like I do want this job right I I, I act like I want this job a lot and and but basically under uh, the undertone of my thing was but I feel like I'm not being respected or whatever. Right. And like he was like he was like, if you don't, you know, if you're not if you're not feeling it, just tell me. And I was like, I I'm not feeling it, and I quit. <laughs> and then I had to go home and answer to my dad. It was it was a uh, yeah it was. Who it was, was a
1: part owner of the business?
2: Yeah yeah totally. It was a it was a crazy little life event. But yeah, it's always oh, that that comes back into you know street vending the Saturday the Saturday um, Saturday Sunday balance. Um, what, with work ethic or what? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I got to work weekends and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm whatever. I'm 36 years old now and I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. I hit up the weekday sessions and and, yeah. and
1: it's great. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I'm sure, especially in a more populated area that, like you live in versus where I do, there's a lot of people that may have weekend jobs or night jobs or whatever. So I'm sure there's a few people to ride with yeah. maybe. During the day, at yeah. times I wouldn't almost be able to ride. For oh instance. Yeah. totally. Um, me and Ted and John Lynn and
2: and all those dudes, we, the Chelsea boys, we hit up Chelsea morning. We I, I got a kid, I drop her off at school and race over there by by eight thirty and yeah. try to get a second in Chelsea. Um, we 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 make do, and I and I ride alone a lot too, and it's, sure. it's totally fine. So uh, Bethel Bethel's got the Wednesday night races and stuff. So uh, I'm definitely content with. I really got the best job in the world. I just make cool stuff all day. Right. So don't go too
1: far in that. Yeah, that's that's another thing. I want to know. So after that story uh, or after that deal happened with with quitting the job. Yeah. Yeah. What did you do after that? Because how old were you at that point? I was
2: uh, I think I just turned 18. I I just finished up high school Mm -hmm. and um, I bought a van and I had this idea. I'm like, I'm going to live in my van. That'd be uh, that'd be amazing. You know, whatever yeah little pipe dream right and my my parents i i, I think i had maybe after i bought the band i maybe had like 600 bucks to my name um the the year that maybe six months played out yeah. time went by and my, my money's depleting i got down to maybe like 400 bucks and my parents are like what are you going to do for the move out what's your plan and i was like well i i can't get a new job because if i get a new job that's me staying longer i don't want to get a job for six months um but I don't have enough money to move out. By their standards, my, right? Again, my mom surprising me. She's like, "If you think you can make it on three or four hundred bucks, you can do it." And I was like, if, right. "If you're saying that, I'll leave tomorrow. I'll go." And she's like, "Yeah, sure. Whatever you want to do." I had pre-planned um, motorcycle. I planned with the living living in my van. Um, originally, I was gonna shower on the beach in, in Huntington Beach, Orange yeah. County. Um, everybody advised against that and i'm pretty glad that they did uh my my aunt lived in anaheim and and um
1: you can say I? it's Rishak, yeah.
2: another, another community yeah. How are you, my yeah good to see you, to see you. yo uh, give a quick hello hi. Hi. yeah We're doing Who? a podcast
0: to, what
1: is say, say your name and
0: what you oh, do my name is i'm an artist
1: you're an artist and yes. you have a table
2: here no, on I this slot yeah.
1: okay i was i
2: was in the Greenpoint open studios
3: it was good, but not too many people. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, it makes sense, but it's, I make more of this real.
2: Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, thanks for saying hi, man. Yeah. Very, right. very good to see you.
3: Yeah, I just went to the gallery, and now I'm going to look for the next open. Nice, sweet. Okay.
2: Hey, Go nice to, you, to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Later,
1: I love interruptions. It's because they always work out awesome. They're really good in this neighborhood. I love it. Yeah. I love the family here. I don't even want to interruptions but people would yeah. do that in I, I guess uh, podcasting 101 I don't know I skipped yeah. all the classes for podcasting I skipped all the classes yep. it's, it's screw that I don't have time to go to class for podcasting I, I love it I love it <laughs> oh wait I was the teacher of it <laughs> I quit teaching I'm just kidding no, don't follow anything I do <laughs> Really unconventional. But I do I do like it when people stop by and say hi. I mean that's real this is real life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey look at this, we're talking and, and, real and life life is full in
2: rich here in Brooklyn. It is yeah. it is nonstop. can I can't walk down the street without saying running into people that I know it's
1: it's it's amazing. It's so so full. Uh, where did we leave off? Uh, well, you were yeah. doing the van life, but where did you oh, end yeah. up sleeping? Yeah. Because they advised against. Yeah. Uh, was so, it Huntington Huntington Beach? Or? Yeah. So, so
2: my aunt my aunt lived in in Anaheim. She had adopted kids. Kind of a long story. She adopted kids. Mm-hmm. Their their house was to capacity. I offered her fifty bucks if I could use her shower and her laundry, and she said yeah. So uh-huh. I, I three probably three days a week I would park just in front of her mm-hmm. house. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'd alternate, like, you know, whatever, one day away, one day here, one day there. I'd sleep at the skate park, I'd sleep down by the beach. Um, But yeah, I lived in my van for a year. I hooked up some nice curtains around the sides. It was actually one of the car... uh, like the people carrier vans, it wasn't a nice. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the kind with like the reclining chairs or anything like that. But it was a full size uh, Ford Picano line or right. whatever it was. Did and you take seats out and like yeah. make it up? I took out the Did middle you? seat, put mm-hmm. out, put down carpet with that um, that that carpet pad underneath yeah. it. It was so cushy. It was nice. Yeah. And even behind the back seat, there was there was room for maybe five or six bikes. So we would during the day we would I would either work or we would you know load up the van and we'd go hit a skate park an hour or two away. Um, it was, it was a good life. I, I, I legit, when I left my parents' house, I went, I, I went, I didn't even go down to check in with my aunt. I went straight down to the block, Vans, the skate park, met up with kids who I didn't even really know. Like I, we, we knew each other's names. We didn't even have each other's phone numbers. I went there and. Um, Ross and Rhino and Phil, the, some of my most tight friends, they were there, and I, at, who weren't my friends at the time, yeah, they were there, and uh, I introduced myself, and I was just like, I was like yeah, and I moved up the block, like literally like right up the street, and they're like, let's exchange numbers, let's ride, and, yeah. and that's where that all started. So solid year in my van of adventures and debauchery and craziness, I don't know, it was good. That was around the time, it was 2001, 2002, that was around the time of like the bands, Triple Crown, Oceanside. I think King of Dirt had like wrapped up at that point. Or maybe, no, there was a couple King of Dirts left. Yeah. And uh, so we, yeah, we would hit up whatever whatever contests were in Southern California. Mm-hmm. My work was actually right up the street from the S&M.
1: And uh, I was kind of too shy to go say what's up to people. I, uh,
2: yeah, you, you yeah.
1: referred to anxiety uh, earlier on. I had, I had little
2: the Little Devil Ram stickers on, on the side of my card. And I was sleeping. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was sleeping in my I was sleeping in my van in in, in the parking lot of my work, waiting for my shift to start. Right. One day, and and Bowler rolled through, and he was like he was like, Hey, I saw the I saw the stickers, and, and on the van, and I just like drove through to see what's up. And I saw you sleeping in there. Like, do you, do you you could come like we got a couch and stuff. You come hang out. And I'm like, Oh man, I no for My shift start. So that broke the ice. So then I started hanging out over there whenever I could
0: nice um, you
2: got to hang with Chris and and the guys at the time yeah uh, I forget I think just after that Nick Benson who was uh he was with Bumstead Bikes bike Uh shop at the time he went and worked for them like maybe a month or two after that happened and so um you know he was kind of a tight friend at the time so it was Mm -hmm. it was uh yeah it became a little chilling spot for me on the way to work or the way back from work or whatever sure um how long did you do it for the van life for a year, a year, a year, and a year, maybe two months or something like that. Then my cousin and I got an apartment. In, in Southern California still? Yeah, Orange County, like well, North Orange County, South LA border, uh, Cypress. Cypress over to like Long Beach. We jumped around a little bit, but... Um,
1: Excuse me one second. How about, much further, how far north did you live of uh, from we right that, that whole Southern California area? SoCal oh, area. No, it was all south, basically. South of LA. Yeah. from where you no, where where you grew up though for where, some reason I keep forgetting Northern, Northern grew, California yeah, yeah where
2: I grew up it was it was east of Los Angeles east oh, like okay. southeast there's there's a mountain range down there it snows it's I got nobody you. everybody's I got like you live in Southern
1: California and you ski or whatever yeah, you know yeah. so yeah yep. yeah totally no sorry I always envision you living up the coast in NorCal and you know which obviously a crazy drive for that story that you're talking about not that yeah. it wasn't you know it was crazy yeah enough. it
2: was it was probably five hours from my hometown to los angeles it was it was really? a trek but yeah it, it got to the point where we were we were doing it like well not all the way to la but we would go to la mm-hmm. and most of the time to like riverside we went to um marino valley skate park, is a really famous skate park in the late 90s that i think that shut down and then uh Per- uh, Lake Paris skate park that, that is that I don't even know if that one's still going <laughs> yeah, but it was like you're asking the wrong guys it was, it was like the, the biggest best skate park ever we and yeah, we went yeah. there we it, that was a three and a half hour drive and we went there weekly we went there all the time uh-huh. um yeah we just scratched up literally we were like stranded up changing the couch yeah. and paying gas and not eating food and it was it was awesome is that how you
1: kept this svelte figure all
2: these years Yeah, 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 totally, man. Poverty life. (laughs) (laughs) It's bad news. Uh, Right. Work work hard, play hard. Never never any money, especially when you work retail. Right, Uh right. Some notable stuff. I was just thinking about Lake Paris. There was... uh, we took my van there. We crashed in the van, and, and Matt Hoffman had a CFB, uh, yeah, CFB contest, uh-huh. and uh, we actually parked like inside the gate, like where we weren't supposed to be, and we slept there. Oh, we wake man. up in the morning, and the staff was there, but they had the gates closed. But we were in the gate, right? And so we got out, and we, we kind of knew the people here, there, yeah. and we're like, we're like, hey, what's up? Can we, can we session? Can we pedal around? And they're like, yeah, sure. And I'm, I'm up at the top of the rolling and just by myself to have the whole, this whole massive skate park to myself, probably for the first time ever, it was so good. Yeah. And and Matt rolls up the rolling, and, and he's like, good morning, and I'm like, good morning, man. And and we, and we just proceeded, not, not many words, we just proceeded to have like, maybe a like 45 minute session before people started rolling in. Yeah. Just riding that off in by ourselves, it was great. That's amazing. Yeah, so much fun, man. I got good memories of, of Southern California.
1: I got good memories and good stories across the board. You do? Yeah, not I, I hadn't even heard that one. Yeah. So, once that was wrapping up and, you know, using your aunt's place a little bit, mm-hmm. did you move back home before you moved east? No. Um, I moved to Barstow, California. I was living with Gordy Toth
0: which was a weird,
2: weird time. He, I helped him build his jumps in his backyard, and they were kind of famous for a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's the half, for those of you that don't know, Barstow's the halfway point between L.A. and Vegas, and it's just desert. And there's yeah. a couple of hotels. There's a Walmart, and there's a lot of methamphetamine. There's crackheads or uh, tweakers everywhere. It's is it's a nasty, toxic little town. And yeah. I got a job at the movie theater. Gordy, m- myself, and Scott Foster, he's an o- Odyssey writer. Uh-huh. We had all made this plan to move to Salt Lake City, pretty much right, right after. It's kind of kind of funny looking back on it. Yeah. Right after that, they had the Pro Town USA from North Carolina article in Ride or whatever, mm-hmm. or, or um, I forget what magazine it was in. Go um, yeah, another, a year later, the, the new Pro Town USA was Salt Lake City and we're like, let's just go to the next spot. We'll, it's, let's have an adventure, let's move there. Yeah. And so I saved and saved and saved. Uh, we got to the point where it was, you know, maybe six or eight months out from our plan to move and everybody's like, yeah, no, I'm not moving. And I was like, well, shit, I'm gonna go by myself and who cares? By this yeah. time I ditched the van I was driving a sports car. <laughs> really? <laughs> like an idiot. And uh, yeah, we, I, I, I still couldn't afford anything, but I, but I needed a sports car. Right, right. And um, <laughs> <laughs> priorities changed <Yeah>. a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so they both ditched out of me. I, I moved up, uh, quit my job, moved up, moved in with Gordy. Uh, got a job at the movie
0: theater. Yeah.
2: Got a job at the movie theater and uh, stayed there for six months rode every night. We like my job would get out at, at eleven at night and um, and then we would just session until like two or three in the morning with the lights on. They, wake kept,
1: up. they kept him on all night? Yeah it was, much? it
2: was his backyard. Yeah. Oh, he's been, we we oh, we kept no, no. him on. Sorry, I
1: thought they we were taking yeah. the park still we we um, would
2: just we would just we would just uh, we would session to like Britney Spears and Christina I yeah. until two AM <laughs> and um, I don't know we were a bunch of sober kids. There'd be a bunch of people over just like drinking and doing drugs and we would right. you, we would just ride bikes all night. Yeah. Um, six months came and went. I actually, that was the first job I got fired from. Uh, not by my own doing. They just cleaned house because the place yeah. was a mess. Right. And uh, and then I took my little sports car and packed it in and went to Salt Lake with everything that I could fit in it. There was a little channel where the driver's seat was and and then a wall of possessions uh-huh. that were <laughs> or, pretty useless or whatever.
1: Couldn't even see out the passenger couldn't window. Couldn't even see out
2: the passenger window. I arrived Towards there. Or the mirror on that side. <laughs> it was so bad. I arrived in Salt Lake in... Uh, I think October like early October maybe yeah um, with no I didn't, I didn't I didn't know anybody I didn't know anything I, I in my head I'm like I did the car thing before I could make it work here it was a truck stop I could go shower at the truck stop sure. within a week I yeah. stunk like I yeah. was I was I reeked. Yeah. I couldn't get a job to save my life I I, right. I I was getting down on funds it was to the point where like I think, same deal, like when I got there, I think I had 200 bucks in my pocket. Yeah. No job, no prospects for a job, no friends. Yeah. And um, yeah, I I, I remember that money money dwindled down. I was maybe down to my last like 30 or 40 bucks. I went out to the truck stop to do my last little truck stop wash. Yeah. And um, what was it? Ended up, um, yeah, just applying to as many jobs as I could that next day or whatever. In Utah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I want to get into street vending so much, but I have so many good stories. I'm going to tell you um, one of my. One no, we well, we got plenty of time for street vending. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Well, yeah. I want to I want to tell you this. This is another pivotal pivotal story in my life. Sure. I go went up, for it. I, I again took my I went up to, went to the truck stop. When did my my interview or my uh, um, application slash interviews that day? Mm-hmm. Didn't get any callbacks that night. I was like, I'm going to drive up to Layton. I need some therapy. I'm going to go ride Layton. So, I drove up there, it's freezing, This is, by this time it's mid-October, it, only a couple weeks had passed, it yeah. was freezing, and um, I had met, uh, uh, I, I, stayed, I was going to stay in my car, wake up in the morning, ride the park a little bit, then trek back down and, and job hunt a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I got a call from a kid that I had met at a, at a skate park, his name's Anthony, actually I got a call from his dad, his dad's name's Mark, from his phone. I'm like, hey, oh, wow. Anthony. He's like, no, this is Mark, his dad. He he, he goes, he goes, this is Brian. And I'm like, yeah. He goes, Brian. Ever since Anthony told me you're sleeping in your car, I haven't got a wink of sleep. Really? Come down to my house. We're gonna feed you dinner. And I was like, where's where's your house? And they're like, West Valley. This is like um, back down in Salt Lake. Another yeah. like 20 minute drive down. Sure. And I'm like, yes, but that kind of sucks because like I just wasted a bunch of gas getting up there. Sure. And so I drove down and I arrived. West Valley is like. It's like where the cowboys are. No no offense. I mean this with right, all right. loves But it is like it is like Hillbilly Central. It is so good. Yeah. I arrived at this house. It's a pretty decent sized house. Yeah. And in the back they're just like, you know, popping open the Budweisers, playing hacky sack, country music rocking. And I, they could, they bring me into the house. They sit me down and they feed me this roast beef sandwich. It's just bread and a bunch of roast beef. No, no, no condiments, no nothing, you know? Yeah. And they're like, here, eat. And that is the best sandwich I've ever eaten. It was so good. <laughs> I was so, I was so bad off. Yeah. And Mark sits down at the table. He introduced me to his wife, Vicky. And then, um, Anthony was there, their older son, Colt, uh, uh-huh. which I love that name. Yeah. And, uh, there was, there's a bunch of little kids running around, around the house. Friends were over. Um. Yeah. Mark says, "Brian, this is the deal. You're gonna stay with us." And I'm like, "What? You don't like this? This dude doesn't know me. He right. does not know me. Right? Because well, you're gonna stay with us. It was a similar situation where they had adopted kids. Um, uh-huh. I think the aunts had some like drug problems or something. She went to jail. Dad wasn't right. around. Um, yeah. They had the city coming in and checking up on it. So mm-hmm. they were again at capacity. Right. And so they had a bit of mobile home or a motor, motor home in the back. Yeah. They're, they're like you're going to stay with Colt in the motor home in the backyard and any time the city comes to check up you got to get out and we're like I was like okay this sounds great sure. Yeah. I ended up staying with him for two or three months. Uh-huh. Vicky helped me get a job at the subway. Yeah. I got a job at a Cracker Barrel, and I got a job at the camera store. All part-time jobs, and, really? I, was, and I was holding down the three jobs. I, in and, and these guys, they were they were you know every day ta- every day I came home, they're like dinners on the table. Wow. I, I I had nothing to offer. I of course didn't want to overstay my welcome, sure. you know. I felt yeah. like I felt like after I was there for a week I was overstaying my welcome. Yeah, yeah. They never once asked me when are you gonna go. It was I could have robbed them, I could have robbed their jewelry. Sure. They yeah. they did not know me. Well you think they didn't know you. That, they, they they invited me into their house after knowing me for literally three minutes. It was it blew my mind. It blew my yeah. mind. Yeah. And it's stuff like this that really shaped the world as I see it. But I can I cannot thank them enough for what they did is the craziest yeah.
1: thing ever. What are we gonna but say? They, I, I, I was just gonna say just real quickly that this happens it happens. People realize that or I'm sorry, you realize that people see more in you than you realize you knew yeah definitely so you made them comfortable just your your demeanor in general you're underestimating your you know your ability to to put off a vibe that's very trustable I've I've gone
2: through life I I I like to trust people and I've been Mm -hmm. screwed over a lot and I think that's probably what it what they were what their plan was was we we'll put trust in him, and, you know, whatever, and we'll take it as it comes. And if he's a bad dude, then it yeah. is what it is. But but it's better to better to have loved and lost in 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 that social capacity if that sure. makes any sense. Um, I, I, I love doing that, and and a lot of my friends are like, you should be more protective, or you should be a lot more, you know, stern. And I'm sure. like, no, like it's. It, it, and, and, and Mark and Vicky are, are the two two of the main inputs in my oh life my that head. it's just like nah, just put trust in people just, just do it it doesn't matter you know right um, yeah it's good stuff man So yeah awesome. on to
1: Salt Lake and then apartment and the Salt
2: lake life and
1: yeah so did you all right see so th- I guess uh, this is your story to tell but I want to know. I'd love to know, did you end up going back to hometown or did you just continue east? Um, My my plan was to continue east, just
2: city hop, based on wherever the best BMX scenes were. Um, I ended up uh, getting, getting a nice little apartment downtown that was only $3.95 a month. It was like, it was beautiful. I had like stained glass and stuff. In for, Utah? Yeah, in Utah, right downtown Salt Lake City. Uh-huh. And then, uh, and then I met a girl and we dated for four years uh-huh. and, and I, uh, I don't, I had no regrets, right, but right. it was, but, it but I, 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 I did not want to stay, I didn't want to stay in Salt Lake that long. Sure. The Salt Lake scene is totally amazing. The skate parks there are phenomenal. Uh-huh. The people there are amazing. It's, a, it's 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 an affordable, clean, amazing city. It would mm-hmm. definitely be a place that I would like to retire. Um, the music scene's great. There's so much good stuff about it. Yeah. Um, the BMXers themselves, yeah. even though they're they're all really nice We're and humble and cool, uh, they're yeah. a little bit on the procrastination, lazy side. Sure. It's, all, it's hard pulling people out for a session, so I rode there a lot by myself. My friend and I ended up moving in together, and we kind of made it into a party house, and that's where I... I I was riding less That's actually when I started smoking cigarettes and uh, and that hurt my lungs so bad and I was just got so down on BMX for maybe like a year. And then I started focusing on photo stuff and traveling and... Wow. And, what started the interest in, in photography? Uh, well, I had been shooting back in California too and I had oh, okay. gotten a couple of little things published with uh, Cream, that old French magazine, the mm-hmm. BMX magazine. Um, in Salt Lake, I, I took it to another level and I just started submitting as much as I could uh-huh. and started getting stuff in on the regular to, to, I, I, really loved working with Cream. I, I submitted to some other places and it wasn't that fun to work with them. Mm-hmm. They weren't as warm and welcoming and accepting. Got a few sure, yeah. things run here and there, but, um, yeah, uh, Alon, the, the, the editor at Cream, was just, he was, he was amazing. Yeah. Um,
1: and then, uh, what was it? Well, you were in Utah and at that point. Yeah. If, if I'm adding everything up correctly, you got to be in your mid to late twenties now. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, like mid twenties, maybe. Yeah, mid twenties. Uh, I, I started the whole the whole riding by myself,
2: smoking cigarettes, and partying like crazy. Probably started when I was 22. I waited until after I was 21 to drink, and then. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what a good guy. Yeah, totally. And then, um, not I don't. I I always thought it was like a a, a, a form of a law. <laughs> no, 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 not even the law. Just I always thought alcohol was like it's it's just something that keeps people sidetracked. I always wanted to be like in tune politically, socially, yeah. Yeah. whatever. And then, uh, yeah, some something, some something change. This is thought, the opinion like, part. Yeah, this is the and opinion I, part.
1: I say yeah. I say this. I want people to know. Yeah, I'm joking with Brian about being opinionated because he is, but he's opinionated in in such a nice way <laughs> like you I, I don't know i've never had my
2: my, a, politi- my political views are strong but yeah. they're all for the benefit of yeah. the of of the community of us or whatever So, um i, I don't know yeah you, you your your car breaks down mm-hmm. you you know you got your, your you know football on sunday you, yeah. got your, you got your beers you got your you know you're just the day to day stuff that keeps us kind of you know our lives full Mm-hmm. Um, it keeps us distracted in my opinion to the, to the bigger things that are going on within our community within our country and abroad so sure um yeah so that's why i didn't do it actually when i started drinking i was just like i, I kind of was almost like buying in i was just like becoming one of them becoming one of everybody else sure. uh, politically and, and socially so what,
1: it was good it was fun which part of your experiences up up to that point do you think brought you uh, got you to to be interested in in let's say activism uh, in a way you know but more more I'm looking for uh, it's activism but it's it's more just being vocal about um, just what you believe in people yeah uh, people think of activism as like
2: you know real marching substantial yeah marching working in the soup kitchen or like or or you know even bigger, you know, going up from there, uh, involving yourself in politics or, or mm-hmm. working abroad or any of that stuff, right. it's, it's, it, it can be and it should be small, um, mm-hmm. voting with your dollar, putting your putting your money into the local economy and not, mm-hmm. not buying at the big box stores, things like that. Um, activism is, 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 uh, should be a part of everybody's life. Sure. I went to um to go back to California really quickly. One of my friends took me to Mexico and yeah. I think that was one of the first times my my mom was a was a house clean housekeeper mm-hmm. and my dad worked construction and living in Southern California there's always the Mexicans come and take our jobs yeah. sort of thing My sure. parents my parents aren't racist but they they, they it's it's to so them it's kind of like an outside influence coming in mm-hmm. I don't know it's a gray area it's not it's not very i to me, I just saw it as normal, which is kind of unfortunate. And then I went to Mexico, drove through Tijuana, and I see plywood shacks on the sides of hills with families living in them. Mm-hmm. And I'm young and naive, and it was it was I'm so happy that I. It's funny because everybody in the car they were just oblivious to it. They're like, "Yeah, we're gonna party, we're gonna go crazy in Mexico." Yeah. And me, I'm like, almost like I almost got a tear rolling down my eye. I'm like, "This humans, yeah, why do these humans have?" these living conditions and this amount of money this income this health care this everything right because they were born you know 100 miles south of where i was born Mm -hmm. that's that's insanity and my mom being a good loving christian why i was more critical of her at that point too i'm like if you if you love people so much and i posed that question to her
0: Mm -hmm. i'm
2: gonna pause real quick if you guys have any questions let me know i'm the photographer and screen printer
1: You want to step up? Go for it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. If they're interested, we'll see. Right. Right. But don't worry about. uh, Don't worry. You're not gonna interrupt them. Yeah.
3: Just show your stuff.
1: Brian's going to
2: sell. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hang on my chair. I'm being lazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's amazing about you. (laughs) I always feel like they're 25. If you get a chance, uh, feel the print and the fabric. It's all really nice. The fabric and the ink. I take all the photos and I hand-pull all the print work in my art studio off the street. Yeah, so I posed that question to my mom. I was like, I was like, if you if you care, kind of put your money where your mouth is. Like, Why, why would someone coming into your town that's Let's put it bluntly. it's different than you. Right. You know right. why? Why are they not deserving of, you know, a yeah. similar life to yours? Sure. Again, because they were born. You know, geographically, they're. Right. You know, yeah. Right up the street, effectively. Uh, it's it's sad and it's unfortunate, and I I don't know. I, was I, that before
1: you moved, or were you visiting and you were hearing this? That was that was before I moved. Yeah, totally. You want? What's that? You want? I can tell. I am. That's. I'm true. gonna
2: I'm gonna help out.
0: No problem. Yeah, that's
2: the medium there. After I print them, I lawn to them so they're shrunken down. They don't shrink at all. That Brian's size looks right. Work. That,
0: right? that size cool.
2: looks right. It's good. Yeah. Do you want a little bag? There's no special washing instructions. The ink and the fabric hold up great. Just wash it like you would any other tee. And my uh, my website's inside the shirt. It talks all it. Oh, hey, If you get a chance, check it out. There you go. Yeah, for sure.
1: You got a five on you? I have my wallet. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. Hold on, let me break a bell rope. Okay. Give me one second. I gotta break it. Alright, so Brian went to get some cheap, and uh, so we can complete a sale, which is pretty cool, because I knew that would happen while we were here even though I got here a little bit later. The streets are definitely alive here, and it's just cool. And the people are so nice. They're all so nice to each other. So anyway, this is uh, it's pretty cool. So, Brian's shirts, which you will talk about. Um, I bought a few over the years, but uh, for my family, and the quality is awesome. They just feel so, so nice, they're soft and nice. But, uh, anyway, he does a great job with the shirts. For sure. So, uh, I hope to get into why he chose to put uh, cameras on his shirts. Because most of his shirts, if not all, are cameras. So, uh, anyway, we'll get to that in a minute. But, uh, the other thing I should mention is to Street Ben you you really have to uh, you really have to have a connection with the business that you're on the sidewalk in front of so there's a restaurant kind of behind him that he's got a relationship with and that's why this spot works so anyway so I'm back congratulations Brian I need saw something during this podcast
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> it always slows down around this
1: time so it's a good time to, uh, to hold the podcast so today was pretty busy yeah that, was it? totally see i wouldn't care if you got up a hundred times because i'd be like oh (laughs) this is great brian is uh brian's doing well i'd be like joe's over
2: there holding the microphone i gotta get
1: back i I don't care i just i just talk (laughs) when you're when you're there i just tell the audience more stuff (laughs) that i I know nice so if you start repeating what i already said then yeah i'll say zip it brian i already got that part yeah yeah totally anyway so i was asking you if you were catching this as a as a youth in your house or was it back when you were was it when you were visiting after you went to mexico for instance that kind of thing did it start to click that you may not necessarily agree with you i was always
2: i was always like i was i was i was a nerdy yeah i was a nerdy kid i was bullied a lot and Mm -hmm. i think through all that like i was throughout all high school i was pretty quiet and i just analyzed stuff and broke stuff down mm-hmm. and it's, I don't know, I it, again that also goes back to being a little OCD and and um, being in my own head a lot or whatever. Sure. Um, so I, I don't know if it necessarily came from Mexico or came from my parents or whatever. I just have always been, uh, it's, it's, it's fun for me to break things down and figure them out or whatever. Sure. And so that was one of the first very stark things that I saw was just in my own family, in my own community. Um, and then when I moved down to Orange County, having friends, but I have friends who were in BMX, who were were in California illegally, and the best fucking humans ever. This it's amazing, and they're and they're they're integral to the part to the to the community to whatever. Um, there's 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 better ways than what we have now. Um, it's a very complicated subject, which I don't want to get into. But, but yeah. ultimately, what it comes down to is, we have, and when I say we, I mean the United States. We have the capacity to do a lot. Um, a lot of people think of, because I'm so critical, they think of me as maybe like not patriotic or something like that. I feel like it's the most patriotic you can be is to is to know that know the power that we do have and know that if if we weren't so greedy with it like we could we could do so much for so many people yeah
1: (laughs) sorry go ahead yeah why am I apologizing for the fire (laughs) truck man this is where Brian will will say hey you don't have to be that nice about everything no 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 it's (laughs) the the one thing I got to
2: point out is when you're out on the streets it's very taxing you don't even if I come out here and I don't I don't talk to anybody It'll be a mm-hmm. slow day Or whatever Yeah You go home And you're still Tired as shit It is yeah. It it's
1: yeah. takes a lot out of you Well And, and, and hold. I want to get To you Getting here I want to yeah. finish the story Of how you ended up here Yeah uh,
0: Well I was just then, saying then I, then I was just
2: saying It's uh, told in an interview Out here you like There's so much going on yeah. And it's hard to focus And you trip over words It's pretty intense
0: Oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to
2: totally.
1: there, but I want—I want to talk about yeah. like the elements yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah of course. weather, you know, just everything you have to work through, hustling and stuff and from yeah. the studio yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. But totally. So how? So. Uh, so we'll speed this up a little bit as far yeah, as sure. utah because there's so much to talk about here yeah i don't so, necessarily utah was kind of it was whatever but that was um, four or five years
2: right you were saying yeah four years four years uh i worked for the sundance film festival that was like my one of my first non-retail jobs but it still was a still was a self-starter type yeah. of job like you had to you had, you had a lot weighing on your shoulders i think i had a staff of like 34 uh, 34, 34 staff members and volunteers uh-huh. uh, throughout the festival. We worked six months out of the year, and then the other six months out of the year, I'd just work on photo stuff. It was pretty cool. Um, I had uh, my girlfriend at the time really supported me through that because Sundance didn't really pay for crap, but right, whatever. Um, uh, we, we ended up breaking up, and, and, and I was like, this is the time. And I was like, I'd, so much time had elapsed that I wanted to get to where I wanted to go. Ultimately was New York, and I was like, "Screw it, I'm gonna skip all the other stops." Because um, when,
1: when did you decide on New York, though,
2: and why, like I, was that you ultimately
1: wanted to come here?
2: I decided, I don't know when I when I decided on it, but it definitely was early on, um, just because it's the like the epicenter of everything, and and uh, the, the BMX scene here is you know decent. I probably wanted I've, like I wanted to hit up Texas, maybe Colorado. Um, I don't know. I was just gonna do my research like as it went along or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I was like, too much time has passed, I gotta get on it. So yeah. hot, literally packed up five bags worth of the stuff, closed down my apartment and hopped on a train. Uh, well, I did this long loop, went back to California for a contest. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I, was, I was waiting, I was taking over my friend's lease in Brooklyn, and um, there, was, there was maybe three weeks or four weeks that uh-huh. I had of, of um, some, uh, whatever, uh, a gap there between, sure. between the apartments so yeah i I wasted some time and and ended up going went back to california went to vegas went back to salt lake picked up some stuff from my friend who had been storing some some stuff for me and hopped on a train at the time i was like I was, this is like early uh, Wi-Fi time when not too many people had their their stuff their, their password protected. Mm-hmm. And so every time we pull into a town, I was submitting photos to Elan at Cream, and I was sure. I was writing articles, and then every time we come by a, a, a town, I'd like try to grab Wi-Fi. The train was creeping along and it would stop, and I'd be like, can I get Wi-Fi? And this is all while I'm going yeah. across the country. Right. I don't even remember how many days it took. It took like four days or something. We stopped in Iowa for, I think eight hours in, in one place on the train on Amtrak. It was it was it was intense. No reason why. No reason why. Well, they. They share the train, they share the tracks, uh, Amtrak shares the tracks with uh, the freight lines. Sure. And so, at whatever random point, they, they just, they get priority, they stop, whatever. So, okay. uh, I missed my connection in Chicago by, I think like five hours <laughs> or something like that. Oh wow. And they're like, we're gonna put everyone up in a hotel. I had a friend in Chicago, my friend Amber Lee, and I was like, Amber Lee, I'm in Chicago. Yeah. Hello, how
0: are you? Love yeah. We're all for
1: it. Yay. I love the t shirts. <laughs> Thank you so I love much.
0: Love t shirts. Wow. So excited people get. Yeah,
1: totally. Yeah, this is great.
2: So, uh, I, I, I could have swore that that was a customer that I didn't, that I just didn't recognize, but it wasn't. It was just the lady that wanted to say hi. <laughs> you don't know
1: that woman at all. No, not at
2: all. <laughs> this is wow. so
1: good. So good. Which, by, by the way, is like really refreshing that it's not the way. M- most people like where I'm from, yeah. where it's very rural. Yeah. It's not what you'd expect. Yeah, totally. And it's because you expect that everyone's just gonna stare the other way, just yep. not make eye contact. Yeah. Just everyone's on their own mission. Definitely. Which I'm sure that sometimes happens, but you but you think that's more in Manhattan than here? This is a quick side um, side conversation. Or, uh, it you know, it's there's, there's, yeah. There's three different types. There's three different types of people. There's tourists. There's
2: transplants, and there's lo- like the, the OG locals. And uh, for the most part, the OG locals, and and a good amount of the the, the transplants, uh, it's it's community. Everyone loves everybody. It's all good. So, yeah. and and very rarely, I think they were I think they were visitors. I think they were tourists. And very rarely, you get a you get a cool tourist. So yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. good. Usually the tourists are like, I'm in New York. I need to like watch my back. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, right. yeah, yeah, it's refreshing that Williamsburg used to be the hub, and it's it's it still is, but it's slowly fading. Sure. The hub for people that came, the people that came here like knew what it was, and they they it was they'd seek it out. Right. And so the, the the people that came here, they 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 knew what was up, and they were
1: all yeah. about that art, community, love, whatever stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, all right. So stuck in Chicago, ended up staying with a friend. Yeah. I ended up yeah, called the
2: relief. She's like, stay at my house. We stayed. We I ended up staying at her house. It was it was such a long trip. That's all I was getting at It was just such yeah, a long no, trip here. Yeah. I arrive at I arrive at Penn Station and I don't know where I'm getting dropped off. I don't. know Nobody in New York City. It's it was um, March and I think it had just snowed. And um, so yeah, the 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 train goes into a tunnel at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably around your work, uh, mm-hmm. whatever, upstateish, downstateish, whatever you call that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and then I pop out at Penn Station, and it's all it's all crazy inside the building, and I'm carrying all this luggage. Go out to grab a cab. Um, once again, arriving here with a, a, a pathetic amount of money. A, a, again, I think maybe like two or three hundred dollars, and I didn't want to take a cab, but I was like, I'm not taking the subway. Yeah, yeah. Go out to get a cab, and I'm in the middle of Manhattan, and I'm just like, mind's blown, just the craziest shit that I've ever heard or seen. And I grab a cab, and I had a BlackBerry at the time, and I'm like thinking this guy's like going to take me for a ride I'm like watching it on GPS and the GPS is loading super slow because it's you know <laughs> back in the day or whatever right and I arrive the, he did, the cabbie didn't take me for a ride it was totally fine he took me right yeah. to where I needed to go yeah and um, I arrive on this guy's doorstep a guy named Mike who i had never met before who uh, was the roommate of Tatiana and the girl that gave me the apartment oh okay. I arrive on a stranger's doorstep in Brooklyn in March and I'm like hey I'm Brian I'm your new roommate and he goes welcome come on in and yeah. that was it and I was here and I yeah I don't know wow I didn't I didn't know I didn't I Tatiana kind of ditched out after that yeah. I didn't I didn't know anybody I didn't know anything it was, yeah. it was amazing it was such a good experience right all this stuff again once we get to the point where we're talking about uh, street bending all this stuff really when when I look back on it it all makes sense that I got into street bending because all these things are just weird and it's stuff that normal people wouldn't do and I don't know I don't know if my brain works differently or what the deal is but it's just I, I'm up for a challenge I'm and I, I'm a never say no type of guy you know? right so right. Uh,
1: yeah it's you good. know well it definitely seems like you have trust that things will always work out
2: things always do work
1: out they they never not work
2: yes. out like mm-hmm. it's 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 proven
1: I and agree I'm with you on that I I've,
2: I've been I've been to the, the the lowest of the lows like the craziest stuff mm-hmm. uh, and and it's Landlords, you know, I've, I've been evicted from apartments. I've, I've had my electricity shut off. I've had everything and right when you think that you're low It'll get lower and then it'll get lower and then it works out. everything works out. Yeah, and it's not nothing to be scared of. so yeah, it's, yeah, it's good I, good good to build your calluses sometimes yeah. um, in the uh, um, In the Garrett interview, he was talking about how he paid his bills on time all the time yeah, and one at one time he he stopped. He just paying decided, yeah, yeah. And, and he realized just to see what happened. He realized that <laughs> life goes on, and, and it yeah. and it doesn't make that big of a difference. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll call you and they'll ask you again for to make a payment, yeah. and they'll call you again, and yeah. your credit won't be destroyed because of it, and every everything will end up yeah. being fine. it's
1: fine, you yeah, know. Yeah. So yeah, it's totally true, and and obviously one of my favorite interviews. I think it's everyone's favorite interview. Um, it's crazy. People are so many people still download that. It, it's crazy. There's such a good interview. There's almost seven thousand downloads oh, yeah? of that. Yeah, that's crazy. That's awesome. The guy's amazing. Yeah. And and anyway, totally the, amazing. Just a great guy. So yeah, I, I think he's exactly right. Nah. I'm not going to waste your your time because your interview. Trying to relate. Yeah, <laughs> but I totally get you. I, I got you. And I and I wish people more people got that and took chances yeah yeah totally my own kids include just take some chances yeah you know actually i don't have to hope for that they already have they've already taken chances. but you uh you seem to be even more comfortable with it because there was that whole backstory that i didn't know which was the, the gradual move to utah and then um experiencing all kinds of crap and then taking that last jump from utah temporary stop chicago Like short, short. Yeah, whatever. Okay, and then arriving in New York. Yeah, yeah, totally. So you were already kind of like, I don't want to say street smart. It almost sounds negative, but you you were prepared. It seems like, even though you say standing in Manhattan, you were like. Yeah. You know. Well, Whoa. these all sound like rambling stories, yeah. but no, but again, no, no. like you, when
2: you put them together, you go back to the van thing, and it's like yeah. that's an absurd idea. Mm-hmm. But I did it, and I realized that it's totally doable. No. It's not. It's 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 hard, but what it, what in life isn't hard? You know, everything's hard. Yeah. Um. And and once I did that, I thought I could do the sports car thing, which was a disaster. Mm-hmm. But. I did that and I was better for it. And then coming across the country, you know, okay. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I have so many other stories too. I'm just giving you the highlights. But there's um, it all. It all just makes you realize that that yeah, that things work out. Mm-hmm. And then once you get to that point, once you've been beaten down enough and yeah. reached that low level, like right. you understand that you can you can survive anything. Sure. Um, so I got a I got a job here. <laughs> another another uh, cashier esque job i was um it was photo related i craigslist there was a opening for people shooting photos on cruise ships around manhattan dinner cruises really you you know when you go to the ski resort and they take your photo and they try to sell it to you it was that stuff and i was like oh man i hate those guys but i'm gonna do this job (laughs) screw it right and and little did i know everybody buys those things and everybody loves them yeah and it was a good sales learning experience from me it's like People, they, you can't you can't decide what people want, and 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 yeah, just done.
0: Stuff done.
2: All right, go for it. Yeah, so what I got this. I got this job, and we would mm-hmm. we had kind of like we didn't we didn't have quotas on how many we had to sell. We had quotas on how many we had to photograph, mm-hmm. and we basically had to photograph <laughs> everybody on the boat. And nobody wanted their photo taken when they come up to the boat. And the irony was, was the few people that got by, they always came up later on in the cruise and was like, where's my photo? And I was like, you're the dick that told me to go, you know, to go to hell. Like, you told me no photo. And then they're like, well, I want a photo now. And I'm like, well, we don't do that. Like, you know, I'm busy printing and showing everyone else that was, you know, that was nice and respectful at the beginning. I'm showing them their photos. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> got some baggage from that job. <laughs> it was a crazy oh, job. You, awesome. It's totally hustler style. Like you gotta, yeah. You gotta con people into taking their photo. And then when it came to the sales part, like you didn't have to do anything. You're like, we offer these for twenty bucks. If you don't want it, that's right. cool. And mm-hmm. you could totally pass on it. And of the people we shot, seventy five percent of them purchased it. It was great. So I met this girl. Um, her name's uh, uh, Christine. Mm-hmm. She was a street vendor in Union Square, and she sold photographs. She sold artwork. And I had always been like enamored with that. I always thought it was the coolest little gig ever. I would love to do that like as a side hustle at some point. She came in. Oh, I had met, worked my way up to management at this point, and I was doing the hiring. And I hired her because she for the was, boat? Yeah, for the boat. Oh I hired God. her because she was a hustler. I'm like, she's a street hustler. She's yeah, gonna yeah, be. Yeah. She's gonna. She's gonna rock at this job. Four so, days later.
1: Four not, days, not who I met before. No. no. All right.
2: Denver, okay. go ahead. Four days later, she she's like, "Brian, I have to quit like this job. I make way more money on the streets." And I was like, yeah. "I was like, I don't blame you. Like this yeah, job yeah. kind of sucks." Right. And um, whatever. Uh, and, and she respectfully went on her way. and sure. Before she went on her way, I was like, "Can I get your number?" And like, "Is there any way I could like shadow you for a day?" Sure. And she's like, "Oh yeah, by all means, come on down. Whatever." Yeah. So um, I went down, t- took a look at the scene. Not not two weeks later, I put in my my notice to leave too, and I was like, I'm gonna make this happen. I, I, I had all the pride and ego. At this, at this point in time, I had already been shooting for uh, nine or ten years, and a lot of that time was professionally, and, I, and my hobby is landscape photography, uh, specifically urban landscape photography, like kind of grittier city scenes and stuff. And that's pretty much what tourists buy. So I was like, I was like, I'm gonna go throw out some crazy, gritty alleyway scenes mixed in with like some Brooklyn Bridge photos and things like that. And you do the math. And I, I at the time I was making before, or after taxes, I was making maybe $90 a day. If I go out to the streets, I'm, people sell small prints for $20. Mm-hmm. I gotta sell four or five prints a day right. for an eight hour day. I gotta sell one every two hours that's that's doable that's so easy in my mind i'm like that is this is going to be amazing i'm not going to have a boss anymore and i get to just take photos right not only that but the photos that i want to take and i don't have to answer to i don't have to negotiate rates i don't have to i don't have to there's no expectations of you know deadlines or any of that stuff sure i just make cool stuff
3: yeah that's that perfect model. i
2: Perception. i dropped maybe i say i'd save that money Job uh-huh. maybe three or four hundred bucks into prints, got a nice little table set up. Mm-hmm. First day I'm scared of shit. Go out to Union Square, right in the heart of Manhattan. And I popped up a table like in the boonies, like far away from every other vendor, because I just did not want to step on toes. Right. And again, going back to the way that I that I buy things, like the cruise ship, like I don't like the cruise ship photographers. I don't yeah. like being sold on stuff. I'm a good salesperson. Back at the camera store, I was professionally sales trained like I, I know salesmanship right. but I didn't want to do that I didn't want to hard sell anybody anything so I treated it kind of like a gallery I'm like you can come up and look it's you know I wasn't even saying hi it was just very hands-off right. the first day I went out and this gorgeous set up limited edition prints ranging in size from you know smallest of the small to the biggest of the big price ranges from 20 bucks up to over a hundred bucks gorgeous sea oh no, yeah. prints, like darkroom style prints, just really nice stuff. And the first day I made no money. And I was like, man, this sucks. Second day, no money. Third day, no money. Went a whole week. Zero, 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 zero. And I'm like, shit. I just quit my job and, and, and blew what little savings I had on this. And I thought it was going to be easy. And I made nothing. Um, simultaneously, I was trying to start up a headshot studio. And that was... I was doing... It wasn't paying the bills, but it was like getting me food, money. I'd get it. Right. I'd get a headshot gig like once every two weeks or whatever, and so I kind of I took a little break, focused on that, then came back into vending on Black Friday. And my first sale that I ever had, this guy came up to me, and he goes, "Where'd you get that table from?" And I was like, "I, I bought it online. It's a little, little camping table." He goes, "Can I buy that from you?" And I was like, "Well, I kind of need it. Like, yeah. it's, it's worth it's worth money to me because I'm using it. Like, yeah, as a tool. He's like, I'll give you 25 bucks for it. And I was like, okay, sold. take the table. I'm packing up. I'm done. Like, I wasn't making any money. I'd been out there for like five hours. I didn't make a dime.
1: My first sale was
0: like, a table?
1: <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, uh, you can laugh at that now. yeah, But it. That's a pretty funny story. It's not even—it's not even that it was disheartening. It's that it was
2: right. financially. I don't even—I—I can—I I can, I can take—I sure. can take insult or I can take rejection like really well. Uh huh. It's just that I financially like it was—it 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 right. was, it was hurting. I was like—I was so depressed. Yeah. Such such good times. Yeah. looking back you guys on it, it. I, I like, um, we, like, that's good. Dude, I, <laughs> I, I I the we, we,
3: we like, uh, uh,
1: the last interview I did was with uh, Aaron's mom. And uh, we have wind chimes on our porch, Uh Uh-huh. And and one of my awesome podcast fans, uh, he said, you know, love the podcast, but but those goddamn wind chimes (laughs) (laughs) in the background. And it was funny because I didn't really pay attention to it. Yeah, totally. But guess what i'm paying attention to today while we're talking everything that damn metal access door that everyone stands on and goes oh, yeah. bang,
0: bang bang bang
1: all the time <laughs> but anyway so so uh just yeah, so, yeah, just so just so all you viewers at home know <laughs> there's a this there's a basement right.
2: door right beside us that's just clanking the whole time yeah but,
1: enjoy and th- yeah. but this is what this is why i came down to you i've of course visited you here a bunch of times but Coming down here and just sitting and talking about this whole deal is—is is, uh, there's no better way to do it? Yeah. Banging in the background or not? Yeah. There's no better way to do it. Yeah. It's it's loud. It's obnoxious here. It, what
2: what you don't see is how dusty it is and how I don't know this this tree it saps all day like. Really? If your phone gets covered in it you, that's why i have the umbrella to keep wow. my shirts from getting covered I wonder it's, I feel like I it's it's, it's it. if it's if it's not one thing it's another yeah, yeah rain yeah. snow awesome. everything right I'm, I'm really happy the wind calmed down today's an awesome day mm. um this this weather is awesome the temperatures great people people they come by legit five times a day and yeah and they go they go hey uh how do you get a table out here and there's there's a there's there's a lot to it, but there's not a lot to it in, in the same sense. Ultimately, I wish that I could just save them the grief and just tell them, like, don't do it, because it's, the, if like I said before, if it's not one thing, it's another. If it's not, the, if you think about it throughout the, the course of the year, those nice days when you walk outside and you're like, today is perfect, that only happens 10, 20 times throughout the whole entire year, 365 days. Right. The rest of the time, it's, ball's hot, you know, gusting wind rain snow something it's it's never it's never a nice day and you really notice it when you're a street vendor um and that's on top of all the legality stuff that you got to jump through on top and then on top of that to bring it back to where we were just talking about is you can think that you have what the the uh, something that would sell well and you're wrong you're wrong it's it's I'm I'm trying to sell Brooklyn Bridge photos in the middle of Manhattan and I'm making no money and I'm just, I'm just like, what is wrong? What is wrong? Um, There was, there was a number of things that were wrong. I figured them out. Okay. Yes. And I was going to ask
1: you that, um, Location obviously was probably one of the issues no
2: location was it was the be- it's the best location in the city It's totally amazing
1: and there's people in Manhattan
2: Yeah, the, the guys right beside me are legit making like you know five hundred to a thousand dollars a day selling stuff. really I'm, and I'm and my mind's blown and they're selling junk. They're selling garbage Yeah, one of the first things that I learned was uh, this girl Lisa. She had some really edgy stuff. It's uh-huh. like a black and white photos the one that I remember was they were all scratched up and there was like a it was a woman standing good up at a men's idea. urinal no, it just idea. showed her backside contrasty black and white shot mm-hmm. and she made a killing she her her photos were they, were they were they were they were they were really artistic and well done and nice and uh, she came up to me and she goes Brian do you want to do you want to like actually pursue this like as a living and I'm, I'm embarrassed I'm like no know, whatever in the back of my mind i'm like fuck yeah i do yeah but yeah, yeah. uh she goes she goes if you want to be serious about it you got to frame your stuff i thought not framing it was ideal because i could keep the price down framing sure. is so expensive right she goes frame it i framed yeah. it up instantly started making at least a sailor to a day Really. another great uh, piece of advice i was set up next to this illustrator a good friend of mine named jesse mm-hmm. and that, that was one of the dudes that just killed he did so well and he goes brian why don't you say hi to your customers and i was like i just don't want to be that guy i don't want to be the pushy guy i want people to come up and enjoy the work and if they want to buy something they can buy something he goes it's not threatening to say hello it's respectful to say hello and i'm like you're right it's so also, I started, it's, it's also disarming so yeah, yeah. i think it's it's, to, it's totally disarming to me again my consumer mentality is different it's it's when somebody says hi to me in the back of my mind i go no thanks. I'm what do good. they want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to buy any, especially in New York City. Like yeah, yeah. people are on guard here. Yeah, yeah. So he goes, do me a favor, say hi to every customer today. First day, said hi to every customer. So many more people stopped at my table. I made an extra sale or two. It was it was good. The next yeah. day we're out. He goes, now you said hi to everybody. Now we're gonna try something different. Now everyone that comes up, you say hi, they say hello, you say your name, and you say this is all my artwork. And if people come to the table,
0: mm-hmm.
2: whatever piece they're looking at, tell them about it. Just tell them the backstory. I'm sure they got good stories. Just tell them about it. And so, yeah, people come up. Hi, my name's Brian. You know, this is yeah. all my. These are this is all my photographic work. Uh-huh. Um, oh, that's this. This is that. Start telling a little bit of the story. First day, I made 120 bucks, and I was like, holy shit! I unlocked the key. Like this is amazing. <laughs> this guy's a good teacher. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just being. Oh. presumptuous as to what people wanted yeah. I knew what people wanted I knew that it would make a difference but I just I I was firm and steadfast in what I am in, in the boundary that I had established sure um, I just didn't want to be that that street sales guy you know uh-huh. and I didn't become that street sales guy and I really should have known this from working at the camera stores the best way to sell things to people is to not sell it to them I don't sell anything to anybody I just be a friend, I just help them out, I let I guide them to what they need to know, give them the information that they need to know, like sure. when it came to cameras. You don't gotta pressure anybody into doing anything, you give them all the specs and and, and, and
1: you help them. It's right. it's,
2: it's their choice and to it's buy. It's pretty that's hard
1: it, to walk away from someone that just spent a lot of quality time that's Friendly and the whole the whole deal. It's pretty hard to walk away from them without buying. Every once in a while, people come up to me and they're like, they'll
2: they'll we'll go through the whole thing. I'll tell them all about the stuff, yeah. and they're like, "You're a really, I'm gonna buy one. You're a really good salesperson." And I'm like, "Yo, I didn't sell you anything, legit. I just sat out here and told you about cool shit that I make. Like, I'm if you walked away right now, I would sure. I would give you a nice you know goodbye. Like, I've, there's no pressure whatsoever. I've seen you do it. And that and that legit. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm thankful because that people respond to that and it ends up yeah. being the best quote-unquote sales tactic, you
1: know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's good. I'm gonna do a quick save. Yeah, sure. And then uh, we're gonna get right back to it. Cool. Hang on one second. All right, so we're back. Brian's empty, everything's good. Yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, uh, where did we leave off exactly? Do you remember? I mean, we we're talking about vending. So this guy tra- gave nice you some fire. wicked good knowledge yeah. and and kind of pointed you in the right direction. So then you felt like you had hope? Yeah, yeah. It definitely gave me hope. And then I just, I just, yeah, trucked on from there. So, yeah. That's, that's awesome, man. Yeah. He was nice enough to do that, you know, in, instead of just watching you flounder. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a smart dude. And it was stuff that
2: I kind of, I already knew already, but he... he whatever push me to put it into put it into action or whatever yeah just good good uh respect for the customers you
1: know type of stuff what i wanted to ask you is when you when you came out east yep uh you're obviously you're dealing with photography you're at that time out west you're riding taking whatever job you can just kind of living experiencing Mm -hmm. figuring out what you want life maybe and it's a good way to put it in a way
2: i i had no vision for a career or any of that stuff i didn't go to school i didn't go to college well <laughs> took college courses but just for no credit just sure. to exploit the resources <laughs> right 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 and um uh i don't know just taking life as it comes
1: mm-hmm. um what, sorry, what was the question? well I, I was saying more of um when you when you experience everything you did yeah you obviously had some intention You wanted, you did want to experience certain things, and and maybe, maybe you didn't know this part, but it was forming your opinion, and maybe where you wanted to get to to live. Maybe you thought, yeah, definitely, like New York, obviously, was the place that you ended up with. Or was there another place that was? I after New York, I was
2: planning on just going out of the country. I again, no details planned. I don't know how I would work it as far as visa or citizenship or any Mm -hmm. of that stuff, but. I was just exploring, and 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 the, it was all centered around BMX. Wherever the next PM, the next BMX hub was, was what I want. Where I wanted to go, where I wanted to be. Um, one of the things that throughout all these hops that I didn't really take into account. Well, I I realized it pretty instantaneously was you don't, you lose all your friends. You got to start friends from scratch, you know? So back in, in California, especially when you're younger, like, you know, friends can come a lot easier. And then when you get older, it's like, yeah. you, you have a, a couple of core friends, but it's, you know, your phone isn't ringing off the hook every day. Like it right. used to be when you're, you know, uh, in your late teens or early twenties. Right. Um, my, uh, all my friends in California, uh, they, they, when I told them, when I moved down to orange County, they, they asked me, they said, um, they're like, where are you from? And I was like, I'm from Big Bear. And they're like, Big Bear? Like, Big Bear, the, the mountains? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, do they even have a high school there? Like, it's it's a tiny ass town. I'm like, yeah, they got a high school there. Yo, what's up, my friend? How are you? What's up, man? How you good, doing? good to see you. We're this, doing one do,
3: this one, the dopest dude in the block, man.
0: Yo, thank they you, my friend.
3: original, always 100%. <laughs> Any secret <laughs> to my sim, he's <laughs> <200 semis> always <laughs> not on the grind. So,
0: nice always. to do. Always, yeah. yeah.
3: Anyone who deserves it is the dude that deserves it. Man, not only on that, though, he also passes on his kid, too. She's also a missing artist. What's that, my, my daughter? Yeah, daughter. Yeah, yeah. is totally. a missing artist as well. Ah, uh, so, they you. Yeah. Then, always, uh, I feel like every time I see you, you're always consistent. Yeah. For the last, what, seven years that I've known you, like, what I love the most about seeing you, the joy of the craft. Yeah. But you also, like, passion. Yeah love it and i can see in your face every single time i see you not only like it's not only just a t-shirt so i'm going to put a thought a idea yeah. and it's transparent
2: so you're yo, doing it in all the bottom of my heart thank and you put continue,
0: continue put yeah, yeah.
3: love in front of it man
0: Definitely. you are love cuz you are love yep. yeah Yeah. i love it i love you it. I love it, man, yeah, man. <laughs> cheers, <laughs> all right well,
1: later later buddy <laughs> <Yeah, man. laughs> <Cheers. laughs> you you, you can not can't
2: replicate i was just going to say you can't that replicate like,
1: this like anywhere else on the planet you know what? I'm gonna make a call out right now. Could everyone stop doing phone interviews? All right, I can't control that. So forget I said that. All right, don't stop doing phone interviews. Do them if you want to, but uh, try some. Try some face to face. There's so many rewards that come of it. I'm, I'm yep. not being critical of anyone. Everything
2: from the bashing metal door beside us to the to the cold, yeah. loving humans. Um, uh, before uh, before I continue on with that with mm-hmm. that other story, I came into New York. Just little little side tangent. I came into sure. New York just like the tourists coming in New York, thinking, this place is hard. This place is crazy. I come from LA, and LA is is insane. Like mm-hmm. it's dangerous. I I do a lot of night photo stuff, night landscape stuff, and mm-hmm. like rolling through you know South Central and Compton. We used to session right outside of Compton at this uh, skate park called Paramount. We would ride there at two in the morning, and there's gunshots going off. It's it's sketch like it's just the nature of it i moved here and i was like okay now i'm in the real like the real shit like this is you know Mm -hmm. new york city oh my god was i wrong like this place is tame it is so beyond tame and and
1: compared to la
2: yeah compared to la and really even compared to like the the suburbs the middle america whatever Mm -hmm. there's so there's there's even though it's not like in your face there's 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 tons of crime there's tons of you, you were talking about uh, Joe left his wallet uh, in his car, and he's like, is, 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 my, "Is my wallet gonna get jacked?" It's funny because I feel like that would happen more in a small town than it would a big town, you know, or New York City. Um, the rest of the country, we're we're also separated. Even Los Angeles is so Los Angeles people are close; they they have to live in tight quarters, but not tight enough. New York City, we live so tightly together. The population density is so thick that we. We all kind of hate each other at certain points, but we have to get along. Mm-hmm. And and you have to I, saying make the best of it sounds bad, but it's it's mm-hmm. it. What it ends up doing is it ends up just being like a wicked thriving community where everyone knows everybody's names. Um, big business is an exception, you know. There's there's all this sure. stuff, but on the ground level, mm-hmm. it's it's the best place in the world. It's so good. It's awesome.
0: That
1: yeah. that is really awesome here. <laughs> Somewhere in here, if you don't mind, you're gonna have to work in from. I think the audience will appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, this, but one of the first times you rolled into a skate park around here and oh, met a yeah, particular yeah. person. Oh yeah. That we both know. We can hit that now, and then we'll let's, and let's then, hit uh, that now. That sounds great. That's, all right. Yeah, this is another one of my most
2: favorite stories. It's it's a brief one. You um, may <laughs> hey I we're here. We're, People, people listen. When I moved here, I, I legit, I stayed at home for a couple of days. It was, like I said, it was kind of snowing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I poked around the neighborhood a little bit, but um, once the snow melted, I, I, I went down to the subway and I was like, here we go. Walked down to the 15th Street stop on the F. And it is this, it's just a hole in the ground. It is like, it's a dingy little hallway staircase that's dark at the end. And I was like, again, my uh, me being, having all these uh, ideas in my head of what New York is supposed to be. Right. I'm like, I'm going to get jumped at the bottom of the staircase. I know it. And I was like, well, here it goes. And I walked down the staircase. It's fine. Everything's fine. Swipe yeah, MetroCard in. And I took the train in the city, I think I transferred at some point. Mm-hmm. I ended up at Wall Street and I was like, hey, that's a name that sounds familiar. Yeah. And so I get out of Wall Street and I and I and I, I got out and I just zigzagged all over town. That was day one. Day two, I was like, I'm going to the banks. So I, I grab my bike, I, I hop on the train, I roll down to the banks. It's freezing cold.
1: Brooklyn Banks, Brooklyn, just in case you guys don't know.
2: Brooklyn Banks, famous historic spot. And this was this was uh, like maybe a year before they got shut down, a year and a half before they got shut down or something like that. Mm-hmm. The scene was still popping. It was it was great. Mm-hmm. And all this all the kids are up at the top of the banks at, at the chilling spot and you know riding the rails and stuff like that and i'm down sure. riding the banks part which is like the famous part that you see mm-hmm. in all the videos right i'm down there by myself <laughs> again kind of being shy yeah um i was i was uh, uh no joke i was scared yeah i i nowhere. Uh, so i'm riding the banks in the wall rides and all this stuff mm-hmm. and and out of nowhere this guy starts following me And I'm kinda like, does he like want to talk to me? I had headphones in. Yeah.
1: The the
2: dude looks like some old schooler. He's wearing a fanny pack and like parachute pants. Just like all neoned out. And I'm like, I'm like, who the fuck is this clown? Like I was I I was I don't know. I didn't know what to think of it. Whatever. And so finally I kind of stop and I pull my my earbuds out and he goes he goes, hey, what's going on? What's your name? And I'm like, my name's Brian. He goes, my name's Daryl. And 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 he's he's like, are you new here? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm. I just arrived a couple of days ago. And he was like, well, it's generally etiquette to say what's up. Do you do you, Let's go up, and I'll introduce you to the to the guys. You know. Mm-hmm. And we um, etiquette when you arrive yeah. at the spot. Sure. I come from California. California is clickish as all get out. You there are, there are the trail riders, the the park riders, the street riders, the, the racers, There's the skaters, and even within those clicks, people don't say what's up like you go to the park and somebody like the dude the the dudes that are there they just hang out at the other side of the park they don't ride with you they don't say hello right um especially when it comes between like the the genres or the the, oh, the sure. elements of it or whatever right the 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 street kids are are tough as shit they don't say what's up the park kids are like the, the scrawny little you know goofy kids or that, yeah. that's the way i see it because i'm a scrawny goofy kid <laughs> uh, um the uh what is it there's 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 no there's not a lot of overlap. It's a very rare case where people say what's up. And so I go, I roll up to the top of the hill with Daryl, and I go around the circle. Daryl goes first, saying what's up to everybody. And I follow him, and I'm shaking hands with everybody, doing the handshake all wrong, because the East Coast and the West Coast handshake is totally different. And I get to the end of the row, and there's this dude who is just frolic as fuck. The dude is just jacked. Like, I mean this in the best way. He looked like not human. His muscles were just so ripped. And in in this little voice, almost like Mike Tyson-esque voice. Yeah. I introduced I introduced myself and he responded in his little in his Mike Tyson esque voice. He goes he goes, My name's James.
1: Oh, no. And he gives and
2: he gives and he gives this, this goofy little giggle. Yeah. And I just like I, I really just fell in love with that whole thing. That was that was the precursor to getting into new york uh it mm-hmm. turns out it was big james who's epic street new york city legend totally amazing and yeah. he ended up the the dude is welcoming as fuck he, he again he is he's the face of new york it this was like the most perfect introduction the dude who was showing me around was daryl now now how do you yeah. it yeah.
1: yeah i think it's now yeah Dar-
2: sometimes they say no but i think it's now
1: daryl you know from little devil video and tender trap and all that stuff I and, and I, Van's announcer and, and, everything. and fees, I believe, too. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, all he's,
2: around, total legend. That, and, and him, him, and him, and him, and James, like they became fast friends, and it was just, it was the Daryl, myself, and James, like we in California, we would be in different cliques, and we would, mm-hmm. we wouldn't know each other, sure. we wouldn't hang out and and it just
1: it blew my mind it was so good so much love for those dudes yeah good times yeah and you didn't introduce you did introduce me to uh, to james at, at one point at Malali, and i definitely want to see him again i yeah. think you had mentioned that it'd be a great conversation I,
2: I i really hope you get to talk to him sometime if not do an interview with him because that guy's got stories to tell and he's just he's got a heart of gold he's, he's one of the best humans ever he's so awesome yeah yeah
1: and huge shout out to daryl because daryl has been around for a while and he's as real as they get yeah i think definitely you know he's he's definitely real so um yeah i mean what he does for bmx and you know him and steve crandall which they the two two of them what they do for bmx is amazing outside outside of announcing yeah so on so anyway, it's, it people, was really... People, people always see the public face of those mm-hmm. two dudes. Um, I,
2: I could definitely speak... I I could speak from Crandall a little bit. We've, we've only hung out a handful of times, but... Daryl is he, from the from the top, the biggest stuff that you see him in, down to the bottom, down to the little local things that he does or whatever. Yeah. He was uh, with Tender Trap. He's it's always his his claim to fame is this, the home of BMX in New York, mm-hmm. and he makes it the home of BMX in New York. We have the uh, the Grands is the illegal street race that rolls through uh, New York City uh, tomorrow. Right. Uh, is it tomorrow I'm almost positive it's, it's tomorrow. well the date the date last year was tomorrow but the, I haven't seen any flyers and I, if it's tomorrow I'm gonna be so furious uh, like, I gotta hit it <laughs> check me on it yeah uh, because I just talked to Andrew a
1: little while ago I, and he said it was going that was two months ago maybe so I don't know but I might um, all right, So what what brand and I are talking about is the is the um, New York it's the Bicycle Film Festival. It was associated
2: with Bicycle Film Festival. I don't. Th- I think they disconnected now. Yeah, that, that yeah.
1: event, but it's yeah. It it. That's a couple days long, right? Yeah. The film yeah. festival. So th- maybe it's the following weekend, not this weekend, but after. Did you see the week? Po- did uh, you see a
2: post for it? Or
1: no, no I haven't. Um, yeah, the film I'm... festivals this weekend. Um,
2: shout out to Brent and the Bicycle Film Festival, was such an amazing event. Mm-hmm. And we did uh, we would like start the the, the, the Grands which is a Alley cat race for those that know it's a legal street race. Um, where you kind of don't know the course until the start line. Um, it's it, it, we all started out at the film festival watching the BMX program, yeah, and then yeah. we would bring we would be brought to an undisclosed location right. where they would tell us the checkpoint and the finish line. No time to Google it and go, yeah. and then you race through the streets of the city, and it would end at Tender Trap. And uh, the reason I tell you this is because there was Daryl and I had a heart to heart one of the nights. It was the it, it all wrapped up, and I was on a high, and he's his normal positive self. And right. he kind of alludes to this often, and and I think it often, um, you get into any scene, especially like with the banks being gone and things like that, it's always, you know, BMX is going downhill, so to speak. Like, sure. it used to be this, and now it's this. Right. This scene's dead, this, you know, this these guys dropped off, da-da-da-da-da. And I, I just, I sat down with Daryl, and I was just, I was like, do you know, like, tonight, and your bar, and just just everything. Like, that we're, what we're experiencing right now, like, we're going to look back on this and we're going to talk about it. These are going to be the days that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Everyone always talks about how, you know, the past, the grass is greener sort of sure. stuff. I was like, right. we're in it right now. And Daryl just, his eyes just lit up and we both just vibed off of each other for a solid yeah. 10 minutes of conversation of like, we're in it, this is it. And BMX is an amazing thing. And it's, it, it, New York City, like, the scene's definitely been bigger at times, but make your own scene. Make your own stuff. Like, mm-hmm. there's no no sense in just sitting back and wallowing. The fact that there's no scene for you to ride, make sure. make it a bit. Make the New yeah. York Grands. Do something. There's there's there's, there's
0: sorry.
2: There's twenty five. Let me know if you want to see a size. I'm the photographer and screen printer.
1: Yeah. Now take your time. Do what you gotta do. This is the fun part for me. Yeah. Got to put it all in action, all that training that the guy in Manhattan gave you. What <laughs> was this Large? one? Yeah, definitely.
0: He thinks he was. Okay, these run on the small side. I'll show you.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. This is what XL looks like. That one is XL
1: on top too.
0: Yeah. After
1: I was printing super Yeah. How's it selling? Alright, I don't what that is. Motorcycle.
0: Anyway.
3: It's Again, it's another it's sale.
1: he has got a master at it. What's that? Yeah, do you want the but, uh, anyway, this is It's is pretty good. I'm glad you, uh, whoever's listening, I'm glad you are. It's, uh, it's pretty, pretty cool to experience an area that you're not this familiar with. With a friend that you are familiar with, so it's uh, it's good good stuff. Cool. And you
2: said, yeah, back.
3: So, There's so, no so, extra oh, water. It's
2: mm-hmm. So everything goes back normal. And uh, my website's on the inside of the tea. It talks
0: about how people love it. Great Um, welcome back to our hotel and coming back where, where's our side of town? No. Where do you live? thanks.
3: I'm
2: out here every weekend. If you don't like the fit, hit me up. All right. So, thank you. Y'all take you so much time,
1: appreciate this support. Enjoy the evening. All right. So, hey guys. Yeah. <laughs> Brian working his magic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So yes, the Daryl Now story. Uh, a case
2: of the missing eye Yeah, that was
1: that was pretty much the end of it. It's just just
2: good good people in BMX and 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 BMX is a, is just a beautiful sport. It's awesome.
1: Right. And you guys, uh, it sounds like you both got it or yeah. get it. Yeah. I guess is what it came down to, right? Yeah. And so, and uh, coming back around to New York City community and things like that. I don't know. And I'm glad we got to talk about that because, um, this, the business that you do to survive and is something you enjoy as we've talked about. Yeah. But I, I love that in the city, well, Brooklyn anyway, maybe, maybe anywhere, but let's just say in the city, a guy like me is going to say, where is their BMX in the city? I mean, aside from street riding. Yeah. Um, you're obviously more of a dirt and a racing guy. Not that you don't ride park. Yeah. And do other things, but, uh. It, all this stuff is happening where you wouldn't, where ex- I wouldn't expect it to happen. Yeah, definitely. So, and I think that's that's the most awesome thing. Yeah, there's there's a couple
2: good parks in the city, and and then trails. You could, you know, it's good to get pop out of the city every once in a while. And there's legendary trails, within right. a couple hours in either direction or whatever. I'm talking and relationships then, too, though. Like, yeah. yeah, all of it together. I, it's it it is sparse the relationship elements of it. Yeah. And and so I'm very thankful for the people that bring the community together. Daryl with Tender Trap, Andrew with Meserol, um, uh, Tyrone at the shop, and... Um, uh, Brendan at Malali or all the guys at Malali, I should say. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, 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 at any time, like you, you could, you could ride down the street and you do feel like you're totally in a ghost town, BMX ghost town. And yeah. then you could, you could hit up Malali on a Tuesday and there will be people there. You know what I mean? So, sure. Yeah. It's, it's in, in those little hubs, those little uh, pockets. It's, it's, it's lively. It's good. Yeah?
1: yeah. That's awesome. Uh, all right. So let's, um, you want to go back to vending because you? Uh, I think vending.
0: Ben, <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to tell my I mean, quick, yeah, just right
1: my feeling about about vending, real, real quick, which is, <laughs> this is a, tr- a tremendous amount of work. Somehow you found a parking spot, and before this, you didn't always. It was before you got this car, right? Yeah. You were hiking stuff here on the train, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like a lot of stuff. A I lot remember of you stuff telling me years. stories, and maybe. Maybe it's during the holidays, but I remember you telling me a story about how much stuff you have stacked on top of what a hand truck. Yeah. Okay. Which was crazy. Like I, I don't know if people would believe it if they saw it, but uh, what it takes to set up shop—it's the amount of like lugging stuff around. Yeah. Totally. And you and, and you love it when you, you see know. when you see a street vendor.
2: It's a cushy, it looks cushy. It looks nice. Now, like well, it's
3: dude, all, realistically, it's realistically, realistically,
2: realistically <laughs> I I am sitting out here in a nice camping chair. The siren is gonna yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah he's
1: coming at us. So. All right, we'll, we'll give it a second. All right, we'll listen to the steel door instead.
2: <laughs> yeah. So pre- there's, Pretty there's, a lot of, there's a lot of um, uh, people's perception of street vendors yeah. is is you see you do you see what's already set up mm-hmm. and and uh, to put it bluntly a lot of the street vendors are really hard off a, lo- a lot of the people that do street vend they street vend out of necessity mm-hmm. um, and they end up selling you know whatever little five
1: dollars sunglasses or pashmina or something like that and. Um, well, that is the stereotypical understanding of yeah. people that then... or I'm sorry, of, of people that visit... So, hang yeah. on, dude, um, Tourist... That encounter vendors in Manhattan because the tourists wouldn't necessarily be in Brooklyn as much as Manhattan of course. There used to be there's there's hubs of art art scene art scene vending in But in I'm talking Manhattan, about the stuff you're talking about yeah. with like sunglasses. Oh yeah. So the people that have junky Brooklyn Bridge photos and stuff exactly. like that. Exactly. Mirrored yeah. uh, you know printed mirrors yeah yeah. Totally. Uh, you
2: know, all the Times Square stuff or whatever. Yeah. I've ended in Times Square before yeah, that, was, that was a trip. Oh,
1: <laughs> man. Right. Well yeah so the, the things i want to talk about were obviously lugging your stuff how you yeah. how you do it and the weather that i mean can't it would be pretty hardy to do it so yeah. i'm not gonna say anything else but tell me you're uh, whatever
2: what I was gonna say is yeah people see it all set up and it is a cushy job you just you really quote-unquote just sit here mm-hmm. but it takes a lot out of you it's really intense and that's not the behind-the-scenes stuff that isn't lugging it out that isn't on a rain day or a snow day or any of the crazy weather days which mm-hmm. are every day that isn't your hand truck tire popping I go through hand truck tires like Twice a year, three times a year, and and when they go, you're screwed. You're you're shit out of luck if, if you didn't plan it right. Like if you didn't catch it at home or ahead of time or whatever. Right. So um, I'm gonna send you a hand truck flat flat uh, photo. You could, you should post it up on the Insta. Oh, I so def- <laughs> I, def-
1: I definitely will. But
2: it, yeah, if it's not one thing, it's another. Um, and then that doesn't include actually making the stuff, the product itself, whatever you're selling. I say product, artwork, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, it's 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 pretty grueling the people come by and there's it's always the same questions it's either people want to talk to you a lot because they think that you don't have a lot like a lot of like company and for me I'm like I'm spent like I'm so tired and I want to be friendly but I'm I, I can only like I do have to kind of reserve my energy because I, mm-hmm. I literally I wake up at 7 in the morning to take my daughter to school and I get home at you know 10 at night most nights it's it's a crazy crazy job yeah um, they want to talk to me or they or they like are the the biggest question are you out here every day and i'm like well, I, I definitely am not out here every day like i i told you i make all this stuff right like right. it's 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 i i, I generally do three to four days vending and then three to four days production right. and then and and the, the production is those are days that you're working for zero dollars like it's sure. it's not like a normal job where you get paid hourly you know what i mean so right. and then when you come out you really have to make it count in my mind i treat it like like i'm doing like a proper art event or like a show you know sure. it's the, the amount of preparation like getting to sleep early and eating healthy and things like that when it comes into friday and saturday it's it's pretty intense it's and it's it's Taxing is like uh, putting it lightly. It's it's, yeah, yeah. it's a crazy it's a crazy deal. I started off with uh, went to Home Depot and I bought this uh, is a plastic bin, but it had wheels on it, you know, and garbage plastic wheels. And I carried that yeah. thing through the subway with a table through the snow. The for, uh, my first winter of vending, and um, and then I upgraded to a hand truck, and this is all going. There's there's very little. Um, elevators in the New York City subway it is not handicap accessible at all right, right. and so it's up and down you know whatever three or four flights of stairs like right. down three or four flights stairs up um, that was all through the Union Square days and then uh, once i they, they took Union Square from us which is a whole other story that I'll, I'm sure I'll tell you about I started selling on Bedford where we are now mm-hmm. um Six years ago, maybe, mm-hmm. and I had a studio in in uh, Bushwick, the next neighborhood over. And there's no, there's, there's, yeah, three flights of stairs here, three flights of stairs there, and and here the the, the cops weren't enforcing a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So I started, in my mind, if I bring out one additional table, it it doubles the amount of product that I can the product the artwork that I could put out, sure. and and it uh and it really like it it's the difference of like hundred dollars or something like it's a lot of money so I am just it's not getting greedy it's like you just there's you can the opportunities there and you can you can push harder and you can sell an extra day a week or you could carry an extra table up and down the train and it's like it's so like self imploding when you get to a point where you're so eager and so I was doing for two years straight two trips up and down the stairs and I would, do, I would do like one trip up the first flight of stairs, back down, grab the table. Meanwhile, the platform's packed and people are kicking over my, you know, my table that I leaned up against the thing. And then up this tiny, the staircase over here is like, it's enough for two people shoulder width, shoulder width, you know, whatever. And I'm carrying up all this stuff and getting in everybody's way. And I'm just like, I don't care. It doesn't matter, whatever. And I'm hustling yeah. up the stairs. Right. And each day from... I'd leave my apartment, go to the studio, pick everything up, do the whole grind out here, then do the whole setup. Yeah. It was a solid two hours of pretty like labor-intensive work sure. before I made a dime or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I would stay out here from 8 a.m. until 10 p.m. on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then until 8 p.m. on Sunday. And and I was just... it's. The way I see it is is it's like finding money in the streets. Like, it's just there. All I got to do is just go. Sure. But, man, was I burning the candle at both ends. And I say it was. Everything always... It's always hard. And I always fall back into that where I'm like, I could do more days. I think in the past... This past month, I was doing back-to-back, like, ten days straight. And then I would do a couple studio days. And then I'd do, like, another ten days straight. I'd make sure to, like, just ultra grind on the screen printing work for the T-shirts. And just... Yeah, it's it's opportunity. It's right there, it, but right. It, but it yeah. but it kills. It kills you. Yeah. Um, I could sell this stuff, and nobody will know what it is. It's it's, so it's, it's, it's beyond, it. yeah. It's beyond words, and yeah. the the a way that I could kind of kind of show it is back at Union Square. Union Square, it, all the street vending spots yeah. are first come first serve, and Union Square. Some people they claim spots, but really. It's whatever. It depends on the neighborhood you go to. If you go to Soho, that's where they like they pull knives out on people all the time. Like the, the vendors there are nuts. No. They're crazy. You go to Union Square, and we had a that's lot nice of etiquette. It way. was it was first come first served. But that means getting there at four in the morning. So sure. and 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 the funny thing was was getting there at four in the morning and then staying till eight at night or whatever. Oh that wasn't that wasn't even the hard part. Like it, I don't even know.
1: When you're coming from yeah. Brooklyn.
2: Yeah, it's it's even it's even more with like if you. the the wind seems like it wouldn't be a very threatening thing but when it's a windy day you literally have to stand up all day holding your setup from blowing into the streets one of the first times i was at union square 14th streets like one of the busiest crosstown streets and a, a gust of wind picked up and actually i held the table and it picked up the tablecloths with all the photos glass frames and just threw them into the street I lost everything and of course like i wasn't about to just ditch it so i'm like getting between the cars picking up these shards of glass and stuff oh, and man. it's just I uh, there's this is the life we choose i guess i don't know i don't know what to say about it but yeah, I've, yeah. I've i've seen some
1: things <laughs> wow is, it, I don't know. it just amazes me so then let's talk about seasons because that's really a big deal for you yeah totally so take me take take me through the year from Let's say let's say January second on because yeah you could probably wrap that all the way around to January first. We'll say 10, right? we'll say
2: we'll say January 10th okay. on because it's it's kind of it's it's kind of still good up until about then. It's kind of mm-hmm. weird, but yeah, um, I do nothing. Well, I have side projects or whatever, but I don't make an income for until maybe March from January twentieth. Yeah. Um, yeah, I go out to the streets and it's making twenty bucks a day. It's food money at best. It's no. It, I, I have, I'm lucky that I have the car now, but right. car insurance doesn't get paid. Landlord's definitely not getting paid. Yeah, I've I've been in the city long enough yeah. that and I and I I whenever I hunt for apartments, whenever I hunt for art studios, like I let them know. And it's hard to let people know when you first meet them. The people that you know they they. They're harsh with the credit checks and with the approval process and you say by the way like my my stuff fluctuates a lot they're like no no way you know so yeah, um right. but i've i also
1: what business I, doesn't
2: I, I know yours
1: yeah. really does
2: if i worked a regular job mm-hmm. or anyone that works a regular job if you mm-hmm. get behind you only get a certain paycheck like that is it right, you know right. whereas me i if i get behind like i can Kill myself to get back up. Yeah, I can mm-hmm. work more hours. It's it's similar to taking overtime, but it's like overtime on steroids. Mm-hmm. Like I can feasibly come out an extra few days and make a few hundred dollars, yeah. it, and that's enough to pull you out of a little slump. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I stand right now, I think I'm like four thousand dollars in debt to landlords. My landlords are so nice. They're so awesome. Yeah. And I just I just went from apartment to apartment and and and, and art studio to art studio until I found right. someone that was willing to deal with my crap.
1: Right. <laughs> So you end up having to pay them in, and, and basically lump sums when the holidays come around, and yeah. stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So walk me through that. So every every that March on March. every
2: March I'm getting eviction notices put on the door, and then I slowly they're like Brian we're worried about you, and then I slowly feed them money back. And in mm-hmm. springtime money is good, but you can't spend that money. Like you, you you have to absorb it throughout the year. And so this it, one of the big one of the biggest questions that I get also out here on the streets is is um. It, I always find it really funny. People go, can you can you actually make a living doing this? Everyone always thinks it's like a hobby or a side hustle, sure. you know. But they're always, they always ask it, like, as they bought, like, two shirts, you know, total, like, the total of, like, $50 sale. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, yo, this is 50 bucks. Like, you're, I made, I made 50 bucks in, like, five minutes, you know, from you. Yeah. So, of course, yeah, definitely, I can make a living off of it. Um, There's, there's days that are, I don't, I don't generally discuss uh, income that much within the city. There's a lot of outside Influences that don't like street vending, and we take the way big business sees it is, we're like we're like negative Walmart, we're like a reverse Walmart. Mm-hmm. We siphon money from the big businesses; they don't like it, right? And so um, within the community, we we talk numbers amongst ourselves, but we don't we don't generally divulge to the public. But this is the BMX crew; who cares? No no no, info, no info's getting out, right? But like it goes from making zero to twenty or forty dollars a day in January to um, April and May and June. It and and this is the prime days, whatever, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday or whatever. Yeah. Like a bad day is like four or five hundred bucks, you know? Yeah. But you don't get that money. That money is definitely not yours. It's going to your back rent, it's going to your future rent, it's going to the I my my cost just to like I gotta make about two to three thousand dollars just to pay bills. Like before, I put mm-hmm. food on the table. Um, there, uh, during good months, I ordered you know two or three thousand dollars worth of t-shirts, just blank shirts for the mm-hmm. month. So it's 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 crazy. It's total insanity how the finances work. It's anyone that runs a business would know this, but anyone that works a regular job, you don't realize like how much money flows through that it sounds like it's good and especially me being here it seems like I'm not paying rent even though I am in weird ways or whatever um, you have to absorb it throughout the year uh, but it does feel good for people My, I, like I said before like I have the best job in the world I, I literally come out and show stuff that I make and people all day go this is amazing and then they give me money for it It's 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 a dream and then at the end of the day like your wallets back from it again I, don't know, I see very little of that, but still, sure. like it's it's the best job ever.
1: That that's a statement. Yeah, that's definitely. for sure. Uh, so, get through the summer. So yep. I, you you uh, you only vend in Brooklyn now, right? Um, I do little pop-ups and and art shows
2: around the city. One a month, probably, something like that. Every once in a while, I'll pop into the city. The city's a lot more harsh with police enforcement. I'm Mm -hmm. illegally selling t-shirts out here on Bedford Ave. The police enforcement on Bedford comes in waves. There's, like... A series of months or even like up to like a year where the where the cops will come out every weekend and they'll arrest like they'll arrest people like crazy um and at that point you gotta lie low you gotta go to another spot i have a couple of the backup spots in brooklyn or i could pick up my photographic artwork and take it to the city go back to union square which we have limited uh, access really to now was, i could go um, to central park mm-hmm. um, central park's good there's a lot of people, but it's it's touristy and right. it's not a real shopping demographic or whatever. Sure. Um, and like I said before, I have hit up I've hit up Times Square, I hit up Battery Park, I've hit up like the real tourist hubs. Uh, it's so funny because there's like there's so many people and there's so there's so little yeah, consuming going on. It's just yeah, it's it's really yeah yeah. It's just the mindset, like
1: even though you're among yeah you know millions of people. Yeah,
2: New York City is an expensive place to visit, and and right. for the people that are really that go to the more touristy type types of things for all you out there who are listening to this go do all those touristy things they're awesome they're really cool the empire state building the liberty uh, statue of liberty all that stuff like they're they're jaw dropping my dinner cruises went to statue of liberty i went to the statue of liberty twice a day it is still as stunning as ever it's really cool the people that genuinely that generally frequent those spots they they don't get it. They don't understand what's going on. They're right. they consumers like, right. why would I buy this when I could get a shirt from Target for fifteen dollars, which is a legit argument. But it's you, they they just they just even no matter if no matter what story I tell them, it, it's it's well, a basic basic consumer mentality. So
1: let's roll into this because first of all, where did where camera monsters come from, and everything you're selling is. Um, has antique cameras on it. Yeah, right? Totally. So so maybe you could explain those the the, the name and uh, and what's on the shirts. Because each shirt is unique as I know because I've yeah. worn quite a few of them, bought a couple. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. I'd much rather pay than, than anything, but you're hard, you're hard to pay, that's for sure. I, but I, anyway. I, I love
2: being able to hook up my
1: friends. I'm glad that I'm in a... I am in I do not want to hook up
2: up, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm that way i told to, you this a I'm thousand a full times. I'm a full-price buyer. I'm, I'm yeah, always yeah. about that, actually.
1: All right, cool. It's, I yeah. just want people to understand that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so go for it. This. Yeah,
2: photography forever. Started showing and selling my artwork. I sold my artwork for a couple years. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a day that went by that's... You know, I had customers that are like, you know, this is going to my... My house in you know Tokyo. This is going to my flat in in Paris. This is you know whatever. It's yeah. it's it's weird to be in like such a big art city and know that like even though I'm I'm selling little prints and little basic frames, um, there's not there's not too many artists that could say that on a daily basis their work goes around the world. It was totally sure. humbling and and just an awesome experience. So that's it's, what
1: you started with.
2: Yeah, yeah. It okay. was. I wouldn't say, even say started. Like that was a big. Just, like portion of my life or whatever was the art sales Mm -hmm. Um, with that art art is a art is a hard game it's Mm -hmm. it's high supply and it's low it's it's high supply and it's high demand but in practice it's low demand because people don't want to pay for it it's it's hard to wrap your brain around consuming something that you just hang on a wall. And and I understand that. Like it's it's totally a legit, you know, thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm 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 very happy that I was able to sell the amount that I was able to sell. But when push comes to shove, it every month was just, you know, down and down and down. It's like, you know, taking out loans from parents for more than I was comfortable with, which I stopped luckily doing that but like mm-hmm. um you know relying on friends taking taking loans being late on rent i've gotten kicked out of art studios with friends that i had like as studio mates and like it just it makes life sour like it really hurts and in my in my heart i was i i found something that i genuinely loved but it, it took me years to really come to the conclusion that it's not totally viable without something to supplement it at least and so I wanted to supplement it Um, I had started collecting cameras mostly just junk cameras like broken cameras I just like having them around the house Mm -hmm. and um, I have a lot of friends who have crazy camera equipment and I, I had a couple of good cameras like digital cameras but nothing with film I started I started just getting hooked on history, I love history in general,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: uh, the history of the cameras was totally fascinating to me. So throughout all these years, I started, you know, i pick up a camera here and there at like a thrift store or something like that, right. and um, it dawned on me, <laughs> it's a it, all my stuff is just a weird mix hybrid of like me being like a cutthroat capitalist and being like a purist artist. And so, my, it, to be totally bluntly honest, when it came to the camera shirts, I didn't even think about shirts, I just thought... I had this epiphany one day. I was like, kind of joking with myself. I was like, there's... The real money in photography is Is not in photo services. It's not in art. It's not in any of these things. The real money in photography is being... like the big camera store in the city. The real money in photography is selling cameras. These dudes and me coming from a camera store and seeing them sell tens of thousands of dollars of cameras each day. The real money in photography is selling camera gear. And I was like, one of the first things I thought of was I was like, I would love to make camera straps and supplement them with my artwork. I could do some like leather with like stamps or like burning or like, you know, some cool things. Mm -hmm. Like cool like bronze hardware, like rustic looking stuff. Thinking of all these great ideas sewing them up myself offer them for like a high price and you know I, I wouldn't have to make very many but it would be like a little cherry on top when i sold one uh-huh and my 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 studio mate at the time his name simon he's a screen printer he's a textile major at fit uh trained there and and
1: that's fashion institute is that right yeah yeah totally okay. and uh he branched off and
2: just did his own t-shirt line and we were sharing the studio and i i to be honest with him i didn't want to be like hey dude can i print shirts too because screen hear that shit all the time uh-huh. but one day he was like dude you should do shirts I was telling him about the camera shops. he's like you should do shirts and I was like actually I've totally been thinking about that that sounds amazing so I co-opted a couple of my friends cameras I took some of my old like 70s 80s metal SLRs that you know they're cheaper they're cheapy cameras now but sure. you know they're icons of the day or whatever mm-hmm. and I made some designs um uh, for anyone that knows screen printing, that's half t- like high resolution halftone designs, high resolution say that again, high resolution halftone designs, uh, printing with white ink, they were, I, in my mind I had this vision and I, and I knew how screen printing worked. Um, so I worked to build this product and mm-hmm. I thought it would be easy. It turned out it was wicked hard. They're, yeah. they're really hard prints to execute. But once I started getting it, I just stuck with it. And so now I have a collection of like, just some of the most iconic cameras, uh, all on shirts, and the the funny thing is, is I uh, I was justified. Um, I I love buying cameras. I, I justify buying like nice cameras, knowing that I could put it on a shirt and sell it. I bought a Hasselblad for maybe eight hundred bucks at some point in the past few years. I saved and saved and saved, and I bought it, and I put it on a shirt and I made that 800 bucks back in two
0: months and and it's 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 it's
2: it's the best thing ever but it's the worst thing ever because then I go out and I buy a new camera because I'm like I'm gonna put it on a shirt so my my collection went from like nothing to like substantial overnight and to go back to what I was talking about art and supply and demand Mm -hmm. t-shirt I I I went into t-shirts because it's t-shirts it's consumable it's easy grab and go product Mm -hmm. And also it relates to cameras I'm not sacrificing anything I'm not in my mind I'm not selling out doing anything wrong this is my passion I I love cameras I love photo and I love uh, I love the history behind cameras and now I've come to love screen printing and and uh, it's it's a really pure endeavor it's so much fun and it the the, the great thing is I get a lot of like, my old customers buy the, with the artwork and they're like, you don't do the artwork anymore? I still offer it. I just don't bring it out anymore. Um, everyone always has this depressed like, oh, you're not doing it anymore? That sort of vibe. Mm. The, what's actually happening is it's freed me up to do photo a lot more. I'm now financially like, still always struggling, it's New York City or whatever. Yeah, right. but but I can take a day off and I can go shoot if I want to shoot. Whereas before I couldn't, you know. I've been shooting way more since I started making T-shirts. I've been making way more art. I started up the book project. I've been riding a lot more. I've had a lot more time for my daughter. I have a car. Life is coming around. It's good, and it and, and I got a product a product that I'm you know proud to put my name on. So mm-hmm. it's it's a win win, and the customers are happy. Everything's great.
1: I, I love the shirts, obviously. Um, my whole family wears them. Besides, well, my uh, nice. son—I I don't know about my son, but I know my wife and daughter. Got to get them. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Hasselblad—is that he said? Yeah, Hasselblad. Hasselblad. Yes. Is that a, among uh, among people that are well among photographers? Is that a well-known camera? Yeah, yeah. Is that why that that print happens to sell, or do they just think? like I do it just looks awesome it looks cool among photographers and
2: historians uh, that that camera the V series Hasselblads they came out they produce they created that design in 1955 mm-hmm. and it's most notable as the camera that went to the moon with the Apollo missions you know uh, that you know the earth rise over the yes. moon horizon yeah. or the, the, they call it the blue marble, just the blue planet uh, yeah. Earth. yeah, that was all taken with Hasselblad the the footsteps, that was all taken with Hasselblad cameras um, that's no not idea. the only thing that it did, it was the quintessential studio camera from 55 oh, yeah. when they made it up until the 90s um, super powerful cameras um, uh, Swedish camera with German mm-hmm. optics yeah, and yeah, it's 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 like the Rolls Royce of cameras. It's 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 awesome, and a lot of a, a good amount of non-photographers know it. I would say mm-hmm. there's a really famous picture of uh, David Bowie with the Hasselblad that was it's uh, especially when he passed away. It was like it was circulating all around the internet. So I yeah, I don't know, it's wild stuff. Yeah, um,
0: it's no. it's, cool. it's
2: weird how like this stuff is all. Uh, this is what I love about. I love about photography. I love especially about cameras. Mm -hmm. When I first started doing this, I thought it was going to be a very niche thing. I didn't realize how, it's, it, they are our memories, like they're, any of, anybody out there, like you, you had photos taken with one of those metal SLRs, you know what I mean? And you brought it to the one hour photo and you had it developed and that's what ended up in your baby album and that's whatever.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: That was the, the, the camera that your, your dad who passed away owned or, you know, every day, every five minutes i get somebody by that's like that was my that was my camera in college that sure. you know they're they're as much as they are just kind of like whatever pieces of equipment they're like huge sentimental value mm-hmm. i thought i was crazy because i loved them but yeah people yeah people
1: that's so cool it's, I, it's I, wildly I, universal i wanted to know the the story behind it it's even more so than i thought with the house blood it, it themselves but yeah but, uh, but yeah, your whole collection. How many different cameras are featured? Got, how many different shirts, I guess we could yeah. say?
2: Designs? I got nine or ten out right now. I think I have a total of maybe 15 or 20 or something like that. Are there different
1: it, cameras on every one?
2: Yeah, different cameras on every one. I've killed a lot of designs, and I'm always
1: coming out with new ones. I got three or four that I'm working on right now. Uh, I don't know. I just want to talk about one in particular that I really like. Yeah. On... Uh, it's it's obviously a, a masculine looking hand, which yeah, is yeah. probably yours. And it is <laughs> is that one of the uh, what camera is in that photo? That, those
2: aren't my hands. That's my friend Michael. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. It's um it's a, uh, role, uh, a I don't know a, a Rolleiflex camera. It's a twi- it's twi- twin it's twin right. lens okay. camera. You view through the top and you yeah. capture through the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's uh, Diane Arbus that uh, she had a that movie that came out. I forget the name of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's that's how
1: the general public knows it is the diana dian arvis camera there's a, there's a bunch of famous people that shot it um, it's it's like a the, the way you presented it, it it's almost kind of like gritty a little bit yeah but you know what i mean well so i my friend michael he owns
2: that camera he, uh-huh. he bought one of the best old school i think it's from the mid 60s rollies yeah uh, there's there's cheap ones all the way up to the expensive ones i think he bought his for like three thousand bucks and I hit him up and I was like, do you, can I borrow your camera for sure. the t-shirt that I want to make? And he was like, oh yeah, sure. So he rolled through. We shot the camera straight like I do all the other ones. And at the end, I was like, do you mind holding it? And it wasn't so much. It, it reads like, like, you know, like the camera strap around the neck type of uh, prints. Um... It reads like that, like it's hands coming out the side of the shirt, Uh holding the Swinland reflex camera. Yeah. But I didn't actually mean it that way.
3: The way I I meant it was,
2: I just wanted the human element in it. I I was shooting the photo and I'm looking at Michael and Michael's a mid fifties Harley Davidson riding, masseuse photographer. I don't know. He's a total weirdo, but his hands are like, totally like, they got character for days. And I, and I hit him up and I was like, do you mind holding it? One of the one of the best pieces of advice that I ever got when it came to
0: um,
2: portraying somebody or portraying like a group of people is to, is to capture photos in their hands. hands. hands are just wickedly human, you know? yeah And so I had him hold the camera. We got a couple shots. I really just I didn't want to take up too much of his time. I popped off like 10 shots. And I was rendering on the computer into the halftone design, burn the screen, and I was like, "Man, this is turning out so good." Yeah. And sure enough, it was one of my early designs, and it's still probably my best, one of my best-selling designs, maybe top two or three. Uh, it's a it's a
1: cool, cool little setup. I'm very proud of how it turned out. This may be a first, but I think I may actually have good taste. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't have a lot of good taste with most things, but you at picked all, out, You picked out the at winner. All. But yeah, I love that shirt. Yeah. I just, I love it. I love that. I, too. I, I know I have it in the backpack of my van. Sweet. I, I know I do because I was going to wear it tomorrow. Nice. Awesome. So, anyway, uh, yeah, that, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, we're going uh, just about at two hours. So, I wanted to wrap up on, uh, on two subjects. Yep. It's going to be pretty hard to wrap these up quickly okay. how about we do the easy one first sure that will be uh racing and you heading up to bethel so i would imagine for some time you didn't race at all yes. in fact i know you didn't because when we met there yeah didn't we meet at bethel yeah we did yeah all right i, was, I guess i have good taste in people too because <laughs> you do i totally pulled you out nice um so and i'm not complimenting myself people i'm just saying it's <laughs> i it worked out so uh so anyway what does bethel mean to you as far as bethel supercross is a bmx track in connecticut the closest one i would say almost the closest one to the city for you to travel to yeah. which is still a nightmare
2: it's not the closest uh, <laughs> geo, uh like
1: miles wise but Trump- it's the closest by public transit. Uh, so I, I, and I'm talking about Connecticut tracks. Of course, you could haul out on the LIE and go to Shoreham, but. Yeah, no, I think it's like an hour ride from the train station
2: or something, and I wasn't about to do that. Um, Bethel, that you take Metro North, and then it's a
1: 20-minute ride or 25-minute ride, which is kind of grueling, but whatever. Oh, that little spur. Well, right, where that Hold spur on. drops you off, which I brought you to one night after the race. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's where it ends. Yeah. So yeah. that would have been, or has been. Yeah. The ride, the now. ride, to, to yeah. also right yeah, yeah, because totally. you've done from the train to I, the track.
2: Yeah, when I leave the city every time, uh-huh. I ride to the track. I don't get a ride from the train station to the yeah, track. Yeah. I ride it every time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, if so, anything it's on the way back.
2: Yeah, okay. I, I had I had been wanting to get back into racing for a long time. Mm-hmm. I, I mostly ride park here. Yeah, um, and there was one day it was summertime, and I and I and I I. I had bought a, a Credence CCR frame it's like a, it's decently long frame I bought it specifically so I could use it as like a dual use race uh-huh. whatever and um, it just dawned on me one day I was like I, I was like I want to get up there sign up for a membership I hadn't raced since maybe 2001 and it's whatever I think I, when did I start back up 2015 16 or something like that and uh, and so I, I got in my head one day I was like I was like I got to get up there soon I know the route that I got to take and then I was like why am I saying soon? Like, why don't I just do it? Tomorrow's Wednesday. I can just go tomorrow, you know? And so I was like, okay, whatever. Didn't set up that day. Went to Metro North. Hopped on the train. It's you, I, I got to leave the city. I got to leave my house at like 10 or 11 in the morning. And then... Holy yeah. mackerel. And
1: then you get to... To get to Bethel Yeah, time? Yeah, for the, for the 7 p.m. race. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then, so if you're lucky, yeah. you get a couple laps practice. Yeah, yeah. No, no,
2: that's the thing is it actually drops me off. You either get a couple. You either arrive right at seven and you get a couple laps of practice, or you do what I do, which is leave early and you arrive at Bethel at like four. Oh, like so you're either way early,
1: open. or yeah. you're almost yeah. late. Yeah, totally. Okay.
2: So yeah, you check check into the city, go to the go to the Metro North station, wait twenty minutes yeah. until you got your thing, go all the way up there. There's like a transfer in the middle, yeah. and then once you get to Bethel, then you then you ride from there. Right. And so I just it was practical. I say practical. It was the only option that I had it was not practical at all um, and and then and then luckily I had a handful of friends that would take me back to the train station think, yeah. <laughs> <You're right. coughs> at night not at then, then, all and, yeah. and, yeah, and then you get back at like whatever 1 one thirty in the morning yeah, once all is said and done or whatever sure. But what I discovered That's was a
1: long day.
2: But what I discovered to go to a, yeah. a local race. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to go to a local race. But we all 20, know it's worth it there. Twenty-five dollar round trip ticket to get there, yeah. plus Everybody taking the day off of work. That. Which right. I, the way I see it, if I don't come out for a day, I mm-hmm. just like it's me missing out on a hundred or one hundred fifty bucks. You know, I'm, so when,
1: when, Wednesdays can't be that strong anyway, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: I feel like on average, on a on a normal summer Wednesday, I make like a hundred bucks. Oh, okay. And so, and so that means I'm paying 125 bucks plus entry fee to go to Bethel for a local race.
3: And that's
1: saying that your time doesn't mean anything either, because yeah. if, if you put a value on that, yeah, yeah, totally. Now you're through the roof. Yeah, it's it's. But that that's where that whole
2: opportunity thing comes in, where like you just yeah. it it gets it's a sickness. Like you just want to go and do it all the time because yeah. it's there. Hurry it's up. not like a job where like if you have a day off, it's your day off. You're not making money either way. So yeah. go for yeah. racing or whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's unhealthy. Um, so, but what I discovered, I just went there because it was the only spot that I could get to, but what I discovered was you, Matt Dallas, Don, everybody there. It's just, it's, a, it's an amazing community. Steve. Yeah, yeah totally but it's a photographer yeah steve steve and uh, and, and he's I've totally watched. yeah yeah and he's totally like that same thing like he, he's been going to bethel since he was like eight or something mm-hmm. like that yeah and and you go there and he's like i'm so happy you're here the, the dude's just radiating positive energy it's and like matt does yeah the totally. everybody does steve and matt both shoot photos they do a full photo session every local race and yeah. It just like it does so much for the Community. It's so good, and then mm-hmm. on top of that, you arrive at this track, and it's old school track layout from what 1983 or 1982 yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. It is not a. I, I'm used to California tracks, four straights. <laughs> this thing's got weird. Welcome Who knows my, what <laughs> angle turns? Welcome to my yeah, area. Uphill my. sections, like it is. It is awesome. It is so good. And I was I was hooked uh. immediately, and so I did that every well, not every Wednesday. Every Wednesday that I possibly could, sure. I would do it for like a couple months straight, and then I and then I would. Get yeah. burnout, and I couldn't. I had to go back to sure keeping keeping afloat again, or whatever. So, right, right. Yeah, it was amazing, and then ever since then, uh, then I started doing some of the gold cups, doing some of the nationals, mm-hmm. and now I'm now I'm fully back in, and it's yeah. awesome.
1: Yeah, good stuff. It's awesome. Yeah. You do it when you can, that. and you know, I'll, I'll make a quick statement. I think we, uh, Aaron Simone, I, I believe we're talking about this also. When you when you have access to something every day, because weather's At always perfect everything's great you never have to stop it becomes a you know well, I don't really have to ride today because I can ride tomorrow oh yeah I mean, definitely I think that's exactly what we said and I'm probably screwing that up Aaron may not have said it. I may have heard it on another podcast I listen to a lot of podcasts but there's so much truth to that oh yeah if you just know it's going to be there every day it doesn't mean as much to get out if you have to invest in it you make it worth your while right so that's what I hear from you when I listen to, when I listen to you talk about it
2: yep I had my, da- my daughter was born, she's six now, uh, and, and the first two years, it was, it was all me. It was, it was, she was at the studio, day in, day out. Um, she was out here on the streets with me. I had a threshold, she, she didn't go below 30 degrees, she didn't go above 90, 95 degrees, which is, I think most people would say is like total t- child endangerment, but yeah. she she's a, she a little trooper. I changed her diapers behind my booth so many times. Really? Uh, yeah, it's it, it's you do what you got to do, whatever, you know? So um, I didn't realize, hey, people always talk about kids being expensive, like it's, having a kid's expensive, uh, all the diapers. Diapers yeah. are cheap. Diapers are nothing. Child care. Yeah, Child care right, is expensive. Right. We, I could not, we could not afford a babysitter. There's, there's sure. Once every couple weeks, we'd kick down the hundred bucks for the babysitter. Yeah. Um, right. It was, it's a lot of money, and there was there's really no daycares that that and there's there's daycares for uh, if you make like below a threshold and. Uh, Jillian Dare's mom does she makes above every threshold. We don't get any public assistance anything mm-hmm. and private daycares are like $2,000 a month or something. Oh so she was in the studio with me all the time. Yeah When when we got that babysitter this is coming back to what you were saying When we got that babysitter when I would go to the studio back in the day old Brian I go to the studio. I chill take back with my coffee go on my phone a little bit When I had that babysitter I get to the studio. I start fucking working like I work yeah. right, You right. make every minute of it count and that's it it's funny because this is the, the cliche like oh he's got a kid now he's not going to ride as much he's yeah, not going right, to be out bending right. as much da 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 yeah I made it count I just made every minute count every opportunity that I had and what ended up happening was I I got a lot more done than I ever did like it went the opposite direction sure. I rode my bike more Darren and I go to races all the time yeah, I street yeah. bend more it's it's it it's, it all works out yeah. but yeah yeah sure. it, it, the more you invest the more you. The more you get from it. So, yeah? Totally. It's awesome. Yeah. I, I am jealous. I do but, wish that there was a track next to me that I could
1: go, go to easily. Yeah. Yeah, it sure would be a heck of a lot easier, I'm, I'm sure. But... Uh, all right, so that carries us through with that. But you've got another passion that I want people to hear about because uh, I think it's amazing. Uh, Indonesia. Oh, yeah, totally, man. So uh, your first book, your release... Yeah. Last year uh, Was that in the summer Last year I'm trying to remember no. When I came down um, It was It was Two years ago it, Oh my it, god it,
2: But it was um, It was the Like I did it right around New years yeah. it was, Remember it was brick cold Freezing cold Yeah Yeah, yeah. I, I think I did it like Between Christmas and New years And I only did that Because Kevin The guy who brought me there sure. He was He was leaving for Indonesia And I, I I had to have him At the book party Like it was a whole big thing So yeah, yeah. I was like I'm just gonna make this party happen Whatever Right um, It was awesome There is, um,
1: Harold was there. Yeah. Harold was there. Harold Griffin.
2: I, I, uh, Kevin and I, we were vending in the city. I was in this market in the city and he talks about Indonesia all the time. Mm -hmm. He published a book, uh, a nonfiction kind of adventure book, um, a few years ago. He, talk, he just talks about Indonesia relentlessly, and mm-hmm. I, I didn't even know where it was on the map. Right. And, and uh, I, I, I quiz him every once in a while, I'd be like, what's, what's up with Indonesia? And why do you, why, why'd you choose there? And why is it so special? And he would tell me some stuff, and it wasn't very convincing, and he's... One, one point in time, he's like, Brian, you just gotta go there. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'm gonna go there. Um, he was like, no, you should look up flights. Like, if you're ever interested, we could go at the same time, I uh-huh. can show you around. And and I was like, dude, I can't afford to fly to Indonesia. There's no way, let alone the trip itself, hotels, right. all that right. stuff. There's no way it's happening. Can't fly to Asia. He goes, go look at, go look at the flight prices. I looked it up. Round trip flights. I, I wanted to go to the Beijing Olympics uh-huh. for the first year as a BMX. Right. And I actually bought tickets to the to the BMX event. And then I looked up the flight prices. The tickets were like thirty bucks or something. Yeah. And then I looked up the flights, and they were like two thousand dollars. And I was like, "This is definitely not Whoa. happening." Plus, plus the hotels. I'm sure the hotels were a couple hundred bucks oh, a yeah, night yeah, or something. Yeah. You know. Gotta be. I that's what I thought it was. I looked up the flights, and the flights. Uh, my my first round trip ticket was six hundred bucks. And I asked Kevin, I was like, how much would I need when I I get there? I just flew
1: to Florida for that. Yeah, yeah I totally mean it was a last-minute like ticket. I go
2: back to visit California and it's it's four hundred bucks, five hundred wow. bucks, you know. So But you could you can yeah. go to Indonesia for I flew around the world for six hundred bucks on ANA, which is banging an airline. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. You can just buy your tickets in advance. I was having a really good summer. Mm. And Kevin was like, buy the ticket now and then throw aside fifty bucks a month. Wow. I was like, how much would I need? I I wanted to go for maybe, I think I could take like 10 days away from being with Dare, um, which only leaves me with maybe seven days on the ground. I was like, how much money would I need for seven days? And Kevin's like, 300 bucks. He's like, if you want to splurge, maybe like 500. And I was like, damn, I could get away with a a whole trip for a thousand dollars. That's crazy. It is crazy. It's not that I could save up a thousand dollars. I had the money for the ticket right there. I bought the ticket and then I just threw aside 50 bucks here and there and I chipped away at it and it made it happen. And I went there and just like my Mexico experience, well, not just like my Mexico experience, like a thousand mm-hmm. times more. Sure. Just culture shock beyond belief, mm-hmm. in the most amazing ways, in the most scary ways, in the most like disheartening ways. It was just, it was a roller coaster of emotions, and it instantly grew on me. Like so many people that go to Southeast Asia, they're like, they don't stop talking about it. Which, uh, if you've been, you know, and if you haven't been, you definitely need to go. Well. I say you need to go, but I'm, I'm I'm also hesitant on it. Like there's places that are already corrupted, you get you know Bangkok and stuff like that. But sure. Indonesia is very untouched, which is like a big selling point to it. Mm-hmm. It's really like the Africa of Asia. It's really it's it's wild, wild place. And there's it's it's a you're stepping into like a different. Time period, a different, you know, totally different culture. (laughs) Right, Uh, right. uh, Not, not talking poorly. I mean this in like the most amazing way. Right. But there's something to be said about not touching that, like just leaving it as is, because this is this is one of the major. I'm just gonna put it out there. This is one of the major things that I took from going there. Is I went around. To all these different places and you know those commercials where they say it's like a charity and they're like you know people in this region live on less than two dollars a day and they don't have access to electricity and you know clean running water and they it's like the most like you know hard wrenching thing you've ever heard right I told the, I, I was talking to Kevin Kevin told me about this the, those commercials he goes what they don't tell you is that the people in those places are generally happy I was out in like the rice fields with people that have dirt floor houses. Yeah. And all of them are happy. Right. And all of them, they don't care if they have a, uh, the new iPhone. They don't care if they have a new car. There is, it's devoid of culture of, uh, uh, sorry, consumerism. Mm-hmm. It is, it's it's the most beautiful thing that I've ever seen. And, uh-huh. and cell phones are starting to infiltrate a little bit more. The younger generation, all the older generation, super mm-hmm. happy. Anybody under 30, well maybe like under 27? I need a new iPhone. I need this. I need that. I, You know, my Facebook page, my Instagram page. And I'm just like, damn, like, this is the end of an era. It, it's going to take some time. I'm not saying the next 10 years, but, you know, is, I, I say everyone should go there, but I don't know. There's a part of me that's like, maybe we all shouldn't go there. Like, right. just, just leave it. Just let it do its thing. Sure. My second trip there, I went to Borneo. And mm-hmm. Borneo, for those of you that don't know, is that giant island between, it's like, off to the side of Vietnam, Malaysia. It's part of Indonesia and Malaysia, but it's like north of the main archipelago of Indonesia. Uh-huh. It's just, it's the, it's pretty much tied for the second largest island in the world. Mm-hmm. And it is just one, it's it's pretty much the same size as Texas. Right. It's just one giant forest and it's all tribal. There's right. there's very little roads. There's there's main arteries, but outside of that, like it's just walking paths and rivers. Ev- everywhere you go to is like by river. And so I'm like, I'm gonna do some crazy adventure. I'm gonna go there and yeah, take a boat up the river, whatever, go get lost somewhere. Yeah. It's, um, I, I, I landed in this hostel um, with uh, Denny and Vinny, this couple. And they take people on tours there, and I talked to them about it. and I didn't have to, I was on a super budget and I wasn't about to their their tour isn't pricey, but it's out of my range or whatever. Yeah. but I was talking to them about the outside influence into the, the tribal people there or whatever. And it's happening all right now. Like there's you you go there, they took a, a lady there that was a basket weaver and they took her to the a, a, a tribe that weaved baskets and she bought baskets from them and the thing is is that they, and they know this and they don't know how to combat it because they offer the tours they try to keep it as conscious as they can but next thing you know that whole tribe is no longer fishing they're weaving baskets because the next tourist is going to be coming through you know yeah. they lose all their sensibilities and connections with the land it's it's totally heart-wrenching and i want so many i want so much for people never to go to Borneo like just don't ever go there <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, just leave them be. is yeah. the culture that they that they always have been. Java, Java is um, uh,
2: the 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 most populous countries in the world. Uh, it's India, China, the United States, and Indonesia. Indonesia is fourth,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, and most of that is concentrated in Java, this tiny little island. The population density is you know through the roof across the whole entire island. But there's there's only a couple cities. It's all just spread out through the rural area. Um, mm-hmm. They're already going in that direction and there's mm-hmm. no there's no taking it back or whatever um it's nice to get a little slice of that to to know what what we had i know that sounds cynical but like mm-hmm. it's uh, and for me it was it was the the capacity of humans like the the to know that people could be as as giving and kind and welcoming and not as territorial not as possessive i i i just assumed that it was just going to be similar to america even like i, I was talking about going down to mexico mm-hmm. mexico it's west it's very western it's right. you know it is there's not there's poverty but there's you know people are territorial you don't step on their land sure asia they're people do own property but they don't you could walk through somebody's property they're not going to yell at you right. um One of my first days there i i rode over i rode down these kind of they have like bridges through the rice fields they're cement plateaus Mm -hmm. and they were uh these these uh farmers were were uh, drying the rice on these nice new tarps like they just got fresh blue tarps yeah and we i was i was following one of a friend of mine and we rode our bikes over the side of the tarp and i'm like and i'm cringing i'm like oh shit, these brand new tarps these guys are gonna be yelling at us we look over, I look over and they all are just waving, hello, hello. They don't care. They don't care about the tarps. Yeah. Even to me, the greedy tourist guy, the guy that's coming in, which my dollar is way more powerful there. I'm basically the rich douchebag sure. coming into their land and and you know whatever. Right. They don't it doesn't matter. They let it roll off their shoulders. It's not yeah. the end of the world. They are not their tarps. We are our tarps. We are our cars and our houses and our right. apartments and our cell phones. And we take offense if you if you make any threat against our money. If you make any threat against it, 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 even you know anything. It's it's so territorial, you know. Yeah, yeah. And there, it's it 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 goes. This is one of the things that I that I wrote in my book is. I kept saying I was like it's generosity, it's sharing, and Kevin told me Kevin goes it's beyond sharing. Sharing implies possession. If you're sharing something, I'm giving you something that is mine. Mm-hmm. It's they don't even do that. They're not giving you something that's theirs. It's way deeper than that. It's, right. it's intense. Right. So I come back to New York just with a new outlook on life. I was I was I was cynical, critical, uh-huh. always optimistic. Like I always knew we could do better, but then I realized what capacity humans had going there, and I was just it was it blew my mind. I was on the ground for seven days. I shot 30 rolls of film. I brought it back here. I hand-developed it all. Um, I spent the whole year laying out and designing a book. And and um, I knew pretty much immediately that after I got done with that book, I wanted to do another one. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, going back into the activism thing, is like you can do... Everyone has the capacity to do something, and it doesn't have to be working with an NGO. It doesn't have to be... Uh, You know, rallying or protesting or or getting into politics or any of that stuff, Mm -hmm. um, you can make it work for you within your framework. I take photos, I make art, I love telling stories, it's like my favorite thing to tell stories, and I love making friends, I love humans. Mm -hmm. Um, I basically, to put it bluntly, I turned a vacation into typical Brian shit, just blow it up into something more. It wasn't a vacation, it was a complete crazy adventure, like Mm -hmm. insanity um come back here and tell a story and and hope with the ultimate goal is indonesia doesn't have a whole lot of stereotypes it's -hmm. the largest muslim majority country in the world not a lot of people know that and i think maybe by telling people that i may be perpetuating any negative muslim stereotypes not perpetuating it but i think people might associate islam with indonesia Mm -hmm. Um, i kind of hope they do in some ways because islam in indonesia is beautiful it is so the most pure, amazing, uh, human-giving thing you've ever seen in your entire life. Completely the opposite of what everyone uh, negatively projects on that religion and sure. those people. Um, what is it? Uh, the book. I, I, I just, I just got the idea. I was like, I just want to travel, do these little tiny budget things, come back here. Um, w- one of the benefits of doing this is I can sell the book and make money for the next project. Mm-hmm. I actually priced out the book, all the materials, all the film. I I paid for the flight myself, or I paid no, I paid for all the hotels myself and all the all the food and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I included the flight price, the all the film, all the chemistry, um, and all the the book printing. The book printing was the biggest cost. And I, can't, and, and I only made 88 copies, that's my, my print run, uh-huh. and I divided that by my cost, and it came out to 37 bucks, which I like that number, so I priced the book at $37, so it's a totally break-even endeavor, mm-hmm. and effectively what I get out of it is I get to go on some wicked adventures, meet some amazing friends, uh-huh. and then come back here and share the stories with people that don't get to go there, and right. if I could say one thing is, is if you don't go somewhere you don't have the full story like you don't know the one thing that reigns true is anywhere I go and I haven't traveled that much but anywhere I've, anywhere I've been you realize that whatever stereotype there is it's bullshit people the people are just like you and me it, most times they're better than Americans most times they just they want to do right by their neighbor they're the types that will welcome you into their house for tea they're good people and so I, I I'm taking it I'm running with it um, the next two books, uh, well, the, <laughs> I went back to Indonesia the, the next two years. I wasn't going to do another book on it, but I was just hyped on it. And I, mm-hmm. I wanted to do it more thoroughly, especially covering the topic of Islam, um, all the giving that is involved in Islam, all the negative things, the terrorism, or like, you know, per, like really crazy ideas mm-hmm. that don't represent Islam, but people associate with Islam. Sure. Um, so that's book number two. Book number three and book number four are going to be in Haiti and in Pakistan. Um, oh wow! And, yeah, and I have friends. I have Haitian friends here in New York. One of them, my friend Elvis, is gonna. We're gonna go down and visit his family in Haiti. Uh-huh. And then I have another friend, Hira, who's from Pakistan. And Pakistan's, I, I Indonesia is really safe. It's, it's there's no crime. People are people are happy and they're good. Um, but I can't make a book about stereotypes and about about heavy. Uh, Heavy, the things that weigh on the world weigh on on humanity. Mm-hmm. Without going to places where shit's heavy, so yeah. the next two places are going to be heavy. And I hope that I I I'm I'm a man of the truth a right. lot, and I don't I don't want to I don't sugarcoat stuff. All these right. stories that I tell tonight, like I don't I don't like exaggerating. Like this is all just true to my knowledge or whatever. Mm-hmm. I hope that I go to these places and I hope I meet some good people. And if history has proven me. You know, it's sending me down the right path, and I'm sure. very confident that I will. Uh-huh. And, uh, and 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 I and just like in Indonesia, I'll see some of the bad stuff too. I learned some really crazy bad stuff. Um, my first book was all roses. My second book is uh, second Indonesia book is not all roses. Uh, Did stunner already? Second one. Uh, all the photography, half the writing, and. I just got to do the final scans. Oh, I got to. Okay, it should right. be out September,
1: October, or something you say, like that. Going to say, why are you holding yeah. out on, on me? I've got to yeah. keep my series going. Yeah, totally, man. And, and actually, I got to stop you for a second. It's called "As Thick as Thieves," right? Just thick as thieves. Thick as yeah. thieves. Where did you get that title from? Hold. I, I want to
0: finish the, the
1: the last thing when I was
2: talking about going to the really intense parts of the world. Mm-hmm. I thought about it. If somebody came to the United States and did a book about how great the people are here, and if you go through. You know, I'm I'm not a Trump supporter, but if you went through like you know the biggest Trump bumper town or whatever, I know that I'm going to be met with smiles. I know that I'm going to be met with good people. Mm-hmm. If I went through like and and that would be you know New York New York being the liberal bastion mecca or whatever. Right. Like, there's a lot of sentiment, a lot of stereotype of like they are going to be they're going to be racist. They're going to be this. They're going to be hateful. Right. They're going to be that. And right. then they look at us and they think the same thing. Yeah. Um, I know that if you, I'm confident that if a foreigner traveled to this country and made a book about it, they would be met with a lot of smiles. But I wouldn't want them to do a puff piece on the United States either. I would want them to go to the to the to the bodega where Eric Garner was was strangled to them, who was was suffocated. Those are real. That's what makes up our country. The yeah. the goods and the bads. I'm not that that. You if you're making a portrait of something like, I, I would give a lot of respect to a book that went to the scene where Eric Garner died. I feel like that's an epic historic event within the United States that's very current and it's a problem that that we're facing right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I would... As much as it would give... It's not a positive thing in the world view. It's it's an accurate portrayal and it's stuff that needs to be said. So in the last book, I, I I went to some... I went to some crazy places I'm not going to divulge actually you guys can, can check out the book later. Yeah. I, went, I went to some crazy places, yes, in yeah. total insanity um, and it was glorious. it was so amazing it was mm-hmm. so good. I learned a lot about the crazy and I learned and I, and I hope to delineate the crazy from the good people sure. just like people would hear, just like I hope to do in Haiti and I hope to do in mm-hmm. so, uh,
0: think
2: is' exciting. exciting yeah, yeah. Um, you know what Thickest Thieves means? I don't. Thickest Thieves means you're um, uh, friends, in, um, friends in crime, friends in, uh, you keep secrets. You, it's like uh, in confidence. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. That makes sense. Basically, the whole idea is uh, the, the original idea was I wanted to go around and get into trouble. Sure. Um, I'm finding myself getting less and less in trouble, but this last trip, Indonesia, there's the, they give the death penalty for um, for drugs uh, if you if you have possession of drugs. And uh, the last the Did last you book
1: have possession.
2: Yeah, yeah, not dealing, but just possession. Yeah, totally. Well, they say that not everybody gets death, but sure. um, but they do it regularly. <laughs> yeah. So the last the last trip, I tried to buy. I, and I I basically I I wasn't successful in doing it, but I tried to buy mushrooms. I, I, I basically orchestrated the whole thing And then the dude right. I think the dude got cold feet at the last minute But he's a dude that I hang out with all the time yeah. um, and I, 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 He knew that I was going to put in the book And he couldn't risk anything or whatever So I could have made it happen a native, it was,
1: from, a native from there? Yeah, yeah oh, Okay.
2: I could have made it happen I just didn't want to push buttons I don't want to get anybody in trouble or whatever so, Right um, Yeah, it's not kind of risky The trip to Borneo I hung out with prostitutes um, I've I've been I've been uh, uh, whatever approached by a lot of prostitutes. And, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a lot of yeah, weird, crazy stuff, guns. And, I don't know stuff that you wouldn't even expect. Uh, and then the whole terrorism thing. Sure. Or, um, so yeah, I did whatever. Go out and yeah. go out and do a little bit of partying and do some crazy adventures and make some amazing friends. I've made some of the most amazing friends in Indonesia, and I hope to do that in other places too. Yeah, yeah. just like Brooklyn. It's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> gotta gotta love the community. Right
1: you guys are going to get sick of me saying community but yeah. no it's all good. I I think we should wrap on that.
2: All right, sweet. Yeah. Are yeah. you good with it? Um I'm going to do one cherry on top story. Absolutely. Oh, you ready for this? I'm I'm, Bending. I'm game. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. I'm going to leave you with this. Christmas time in Union Square is amazing. There's so many people out. They have a big holiday market there. But in order to get there, you have to get there the day before. To get a spot, so I've done this a couple of times, and one of the times I've I've sat out there all night in the dead of winter, all night long. Yeah. Uh, One one year, my friend Eric and I were like, "Let's rent a U-Haul." We rented a U-Haul, and we took shifts, sleeping on tables in the U-Haul, and then going out and watching the tables at about three or four in the morning the cops came out and they were like you can't bend here and we're like we had empty tables out on our spots and sure. we're like we're not bending anything we're just dudes with tables in the park yeah, and they're like well you can't have tables here and we're like why and he was like this whole area is off limits mm-hmm. for for bending and i was like we well, were not bending and he was like it, it's a 24-hour area for you to walk through sure and as far as the law is concerned i'm just a dude with a table
0: right
2: so right. this one of the female cops comes up to me and it's like literally like grabbed the table and (laughs) i jumped up on the table and i laid on it and and i just i was like i was like i'm gonna take a nap i was just like in your face super in your face and they went back and forth and they were like they they feigned calling for backup at some point Mm -hmm. and and they stuck around for maybe 45 minutes yeah and then uh and um what was it in the in the they ended up leaving, but we just we just had words back and forth. Yeah. Uh, Watch the sunrise.
0: grabbed their <laughs> cup of coffee.
2: They ended up working until eight that night. Um,
0: <laughs> I think I made thirty bucks ew. that day. Uh, the, the the the
2: it's it's a trip. It's unlike anything I I can ever describe. Sitting in Square Park in the middle of Manhattan, mm-hmm. twenty degrees outside. You have like a million layers on, alternating back and forth between. Getting warmth in the, and rest in the U-Haul. Also, you can set up artwork on a plastic table in the in the middle of the madness. Uh-huh. It, there's nothing in the world that compares to it. It's total total craziness. Yeah, 24-hour shifts. Thank you guys all I,
1: for listening. I'd love to see going to join you on that someday. But
2: come on, Joe, hit me up.
1: I'm getting extra soft oh in nice. my in my whatever years, but. Uh, I, I loved it i uh, love you too you, Joe. You, thank you my you, friend you
2: you brought
3: it <laughs> you brought it
1: i knew it was so easy to talk to you I mean, you just have stories after stories so i just think it's great but uh, anyone you want to mention or thank before we uh before we shut it down um all the dudes that i mentioned in
2: the community um i'm not going to say all your names again you guys are all the most amazing people on the planet uh my friend freddie uh, Freddie num-nums from South Brooklyn. That was the, the the one dude that I wanted to mention total mm-hmm. global shredder that I think is amazing mm-hmm. um, and I really want to thank you That did podcast aside or whatever sure. just you were talking about us meeting at Bethel or whatever and You being like gravitating towards me and me gravitating towards you. It's just like good soul stuff mm-hmm. I just want to say thank you for being a good soul in the community and for the podcast and for the jams, that sure. it's like totally that, all the stuff that I've been talking about that makes BMX what it is. Thank you so much, and thank you guys
1: all for listening. Awesome,
0: thank you. Just don't forget you've had
1: to uh, you've had to coach me in a few things. Oh yeah, dude, it's my pleasure and be, and be a good ear, so uh, cool. so I appreciate the. If you guys come out well. to
2: Brooklyn, come come check me out on the streets. Let's grab coffee.
1: Yeah, and oh, quickly by the way, how do people get a hold of you if they're interested in anything that you have? um Uh, Cameramonster.nyc, website,
2: and Instagram. Um, My book is uh, thickasthievesbook.com. And one little last thing that I wanna drop in there that we won't go into is I'm starting a BMX zine that's gonna center around northeast art, culture, uh, BMX, mostly behind the scenes BMX stuff. Whoa! Um, Yeah, and this is the first time that it's ever being told to the public. It's called Battle Books and uh, it, uh, and I hope I'm not stepping on you toes I'm sure I won't because I'm just a small little peon guy but
1: thanks for the inspiration we, the lucky. we yeah. all of us as as the BMX community will say uh, all of us love supporting other riders yeah. in whatever they're doing so you're not stepping on toes in There's- my opinion you're not stepping on toes I, you know I'm kind of pissed You didn't tell me About this before I'll drop it on you, you Right s- now Yeah And you said it was One more little thing One more little thing That's, that's not little Brian It's um, not little <laughs> But I'm, I'm psyched about it Yeah I can't wait to To hear more about was, this Was it the Garrett Burns episode That was talking about um, Everything look, happened look. On the Garrett Burns episode Everything Everything did uh, The episode is just like that. blows my mind Yeah
2: um, the, w- w- But was he the one That was talking about Like what you Not taking from BMX But what you could give To BMX So to speak Or whatever Was it that episode that I can't remember. It uh, might have been the John, yeah.
1: John Lee one or something well, like that. Bo- bo- well, bo- both of those guys are amazing. Yeah. So, it, cu- it could have been either. And to be honest, you're number 76. Yeah. There's, there's
0: uh, my, my, my,
1: my mind is... Yeah,
2: it blends for it, sure. I...
1: Um, I can't. I can't remember anymore. <laughs> the, the, the,
2: zine, but. The, zine, the zine is very much like the book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. It's a not. It's a. It's a zero sum project. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to. I just want to throw a little bit of money at doing a little bit of travel. I have a big archive of my editorial mm-hmm. work. Um, some published, some unpublished that I want to put out. Right. Um, and then uh, uh, doing stuff like uh, my, my studio mate Sergio is like an epic artist. Uh, I've done, I've shot so much stuff at the Tender Trap. Mm-hmm. Like, just real good behind the scenes stuff. Not even so much action. Yeah. Um, anybody that's putting out anything in print right now,
0: good,
2: yeah. myself and my friends are all loving it. We're all like, Eager for the next issue, and I, 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 feel like there's no better time than now to do. It, it, again, it's, it's, it's not, it's not selfish. Like it's so, somewhat self-serving or whatever. But um, I get, I get to have fun with my photography, and everyone else gets to hold a copy of something in their hands,
1: which is so needed it, right now. It is, yeah. and and you could never have too much of it. Yeah, totally. For there's sure. no way. People, too, no way. people are starved yeah. to put their hands on something. Yeah. And not just view it on the phone. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? And, and maybe that's a 30-ish and up thing. I don't know, but I don't care. Just, okay. put, just keep putting it out. Yeah, totally. Really know, so. I'll
2: make it. You guys can get it if you want it. Damn, Whatever. That's exciting. Um, it, was... it, it, the name of it is called Battle Books. Battle Books. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't. I'm gonna start up the Instagram literally in the next like two or three days. I already got okay. the cover layout and and I'm starting putting putting the first issue together. Mm-hmm. I haven't started the web stuff at all. Now that I announced it to you. I'll, I'll, now you stuck. Yeah, I'll start up an Instagram. There will be zero followers when you guys get there. Please blow it up. <laughs> That'd be awesome.
0: Yeah.
1: I'll do my best. Yeah.
0: Zine life. Here yeah, we go.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Thanks again. Yeah, dude. Thank you. It.